0: and welcome to fire the canon this is the podcast where usually we read the books in the western canon and decide if they belong or not i'm always your host Rachel but this time we have a special episode for you if you remember last month we did a mothers day episode where the three of us myself the other host Jackie and the producer Theo all talked to our moms about books and various other things if you haven't listened yet i recommend that you go back and do so because it's a very good episode this month, we decided to give our dads a chance to to talk about books. So, I am here with my dad, Henry. Say hi, dad. Hello, everyone. So, dad, this is actually our second time recording, right?
1: Yes, because of a technical glitch.
0: The problem is... The first time we recorded, you had a great dad joke. Do you remember <laughs> what it was?
1: No, I don't remember.
0: Well, the first time we recorded, oh,
1: you said, yeah, say hi dad and I said hi dad.
0: Yeah, and you said hi oh, okay. dad. But yeah, I whatever. do remember that. But I wanted the audience to give you credit for it. Oh, <laughs> even cool. No, you didn't. You didn't do it this time, but that's okay. So let's see. Yeah, so unfortunately my dad's audio from last time wasn't there. So the first time we recorded, there were a couple things that I mentioned to you that you had forgotten about. And I'm I'm kind of curious to see if this time you'll remember just from when we talked last time or if you've forgotten from then too.
1: Hmm. That will be interesting. I wouldn't put money that I remember.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Well, maybe it'll actually end up being a much more similar conversation <laughs> to the last one then. Okay. So this time, I thought we could... Because last time we talked the conversation meandered a little bit and I thought maybe this time we could follow more of a like a timeline. I was thinking we could talk first about in your life what were the books that you read as a little kid? Did your parents read to you? Were you mostly reading them to yourself? And then also, you have two younger siblings, and were you reading to them? Because I know once I was able to read, I did read to my sisters sometimes, but I think we all preferred for you and mom to read to us.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm sure we read to Fleming because she was so much younger, Mm -hmm. but I don't recall whether I was reading to Brooks or not. Right, And plus, I guess at the age that we were hearing stories, um, then it was our parents reading to us, whether I could read or not. We still enjoyed hearing the stories.
0: Now did your grandma make up stories for you when you were growing up because when my sisters and I grew up Aunt Fleming actually made up stories for us all the time more so much more so than reading us books whenever she was babysitting. Oh,
1: okay. Now I don't I don't remember uh, mom making up stories. Generally they were stories that were read.
0: Okay. Because I know, so when Grandma and Aunt Fleming would watch us, usually Aunt Fleming would do the storytelling part, Uh. and Grandma would sing us lullabies.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh And
0: yeah, so neither one of them really read very much from books when they visited. Did you have specific books that you really liked growing up?
1: Um, Winnie the Pooh, for sure. Mm -hmm. There was a book, when we lived in Smithfield, my mom would take me to the railroad station at a certain time of day when the train was going to go by, Mm -hmm. because one of my favorite books was um, Benji Engie. And so that was about a train engine. And at that point in my life, what I wanted to do more than anything would be An engineer on the train. Yeah. So we'd go by, and as the train would go by, I'd wave and we'd wave, and then the engineer would generally toot the horn or something like that or wave back.
0: (laughs) How often did you guys go? Like, did he start expecting you to be there?
1: My guess is yes, because I mean, at least for a while, I don't know that it was an everyday thing, but it was a fairly regular thing.
0: Oh, that's pretty cute. How old were you when you were in Smithfield? Mm,
1: let's see. That's where Brooks was born, and he's two years and five months younger than I am. And and I don't think we were there a real long time, maybe not more, much more than a year, I don't think. Oh, okay. So I would have been from, say, two and a half to three and a half.
0: Well, now I'm thinking about that poor conductor who was like, Every day, or whenever, a cute little kid would be waving, and then one day you just weren't there anymore.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe he got used to our schedule being a little sporadic.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, it wasn't the conductor, because generally he's on the back or with the passengers or whatever it was, the engineer. Or the engineer, right. In the front of the train.
0: Did you have other train books that, like fed this dream of being a uh, the engineer or whatever whichever one you said you wanted to be.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I guess the l- little engine that could, but I predated Thomas the Tank Engine and all that kind of stuff by, you know, by many, many years.
0: Were you when what did you read Mike Mulligan and his Steam Shovel or was that after you as well? Mm. Cuz we had that book. Okay.
1: Now, I remember a book about a steam shovel, but I don't remember the Mike Mulligan part.
0: I think that's the one. Is it, you know, the one I'm talking about where the like at the end, the steam shovel has like dug a basement so it can't get out and it turns into like a boiler and then the guy who used to drive it around like lives with it in the basement, something like that. Oh, okay. Different book
1: then. <laughs> this was just a, about a steam shovel. Okay. Oh, okay. And we were talking about books. So I like those books. And of course, the Winnie the Pooh books were big favorites. Mm-hmm. And also they used to, I don't remember whether I said this the last time, but they, were, they had a uh, Arabian Nights kind of series, mm-hmm. almost like encyclopedias or whatever. Was
0: it the Thousand and One Nights, but like abridged for kids, basically? I
1: guess so. Yeah, because we heard those, and and you know we heard fairy tales and the the traditional books, but the ones that I remember or made the most impression, I guess, were you know the Narnia books, especially The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. What was the other that we were just talking about? As far as, oh, Winnie the Pooh.
0: Oh, yeah, Winnie the Pooh. And
1: we heard, I guess, the Peter Cottontail mm-hmm. stories and, you know, all, all the traditional ones.
0: Peter Cottontail. What's that little rabbit that had, oh, Flopsy Mopsy Cottontail and Peter? Who was that writer?
1: Mm. I think you'll have to Google it.
0: Those books, yeah, the Peter Rabbit books were by Beatrix Potter.
1: Oh, yes, yeah. Did
0: you read those? Because we did when we were little.
1: Well, they were read to me when I was little. I didn't read them myself, I guess, unless we read them to Fleming.
0: Okay. Yeah, we actually, I don't know if you remember, but one of the VHSs or maybe a couple that we had growing up, we mostly had Disney movies, but we had a couple Beatrix Potter VHSs with, like, animated versions. Yes.
1: Uh I remember those. Uh They were
0: cute. They did a good job adapting the illustration style. Oh,
1: I I think so, too. I mean, it looked like it could have come right out of the illustrations in the book.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Those were very cute. I feel like, so a lot of those animals, you know, they, like, live in these nice little burrows, and you'd see the illustrations, and you'd think that was so nice. And when I was about maybe, I think I was about seven, actually, Jesse, my cousin, Jesse gave me an illustrated version of the Hobbit. And, you know, the Hobbit starts by being like, Oh, you know, there's a creature called a Hobbit and it lives in a hole in the ground. And it's a really great hole. It's not a nasty hole. It's like, it's warm and it's got all this food. And I wonder if that's why I was so into the Hobbit at that time, because, you know, seven, I was still reading some Beatrix Potter as well. Mm -hmm. But I think when she gave it to me, I had never heard of Tolkien before or any Lord of the Rings, and I asked you about it. I think I said I asked you, like, oh, Dad, have you read The Hobbit before? And you said that you had and that it was very good, so I think that's what made me read it. Mm -hmm. It's one of those books where, like, I guess I didn't realize that it was a little bit above my reading level. (laughs) although the hobbit's not. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think I've read those until late high school or maybe even in college.
0: Well, I think the hobbit is much more appropriate for kids just honestly just because of the length, like mm-hmm. just not by being 400 pages.
1: Yeah, yeah, not being so long.
0: So, what gave me the idea to do the Father's Day and Mother's Day episodes was actually that we did a mini series on Winnie the Pooh. And I remember I told you guys about it. And you had ex- said like, oh, you know, if you guys do Winnie the Pooh, I could definitely talk about that. But then I thought, oh, well, if I'm having my dad on, that's not really fair to the other dads. We've got to get the other dads on. And then I thought, well, if we're having the dads do an episode, we have to do a mom episode <laughs> or people will feel bad probably. <laughs> but actually, I told you this last time, mom is hoping that uh, the mom ap- episode outperforms the dad one.
1: Oh, as far as listenership? And popularity.
0: Right, Uh, and I told you last time that you were at a bit of a disadvantage because my mom is pretty active on Facebook in terms of having a lot of friends and you have no Facebook account at all. Oh
1: yeah, I don't have any social media right. presence at, uh, at all, which I'm okay with. I kind of like that. Well, so
0: if anyone in the audience wants to get in touch with you, they'll have to email on my podcast and I'll pass the message on. Oh,
1: oh, okay, that would be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we'll hope that mom will be willing to post about the episode on her Facebook account for you. Okay. I, I bet she will. So when you were growing up, you lived pretty close to some of your relatives too, right? Were there any of them who like, like you would visit and they had a nice collection of books or they would read to you or anything like that?
1: I think both grandmothers still had children's books. I don't remember them reading to us a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they there would have been the the option for it. And then Mima and Aunt Ava lived together. And mm-hmm. Aunt Ava was a, second grade teacher, and so I'm sure she had a lot of children's books.
0: Yeah, she must have had a a great collection.
1: Yeah, and we lived close enough to them. Uh, Well, even your mom's mother, Mm -hmm. they were pretty far away, as were Aunt Polly and Jane Cutler and Uncle Chuck, but we still managed to see them on a regular basis. And then Brooks and I spent take turns spending a week with um, Mammy, Up in Waynesboro each summer.
0: My grandma's mother, not my mom's mother. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yes, your grandmother's mother, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then I spent one summer in Fremont with me, Ma, and Aunt Ava, and took phonics. Oh, they, you know, kind of like a summer school thing. Um, I don't. How
0: old would you have
1: been? uh, It would have been second grade. Okay. Or maybe between first and second grade. And so she knew all the kids, and so she was great about hooking me up with. other little boys to play with and all that.
0: That's pretty cute, actually. That would be nice if you're spending a summer with a relative, if they're a teacher for kids your age. Oh, yeah. That's the way to make friends. Mm -hmm. So my sister, Emily, is a second grade teacher right now, and she knows all the kids in the area, it seems like.
1: Absolutely.
0: Unfortunately for her, she can't go anywhere without a little kid coming up to her and being like, oh, Miss Best.
1: Well, when I work at Dr. Gentry's office and we have any little kids of that age in, I always ask them where they go to Elementary school, and of course, if they Mm -hmm. do, I ask them if they know um, Emily Best and and that age group. Of course, you know they all do, even if they weren't in her class.
0: It's funny because when you're a little kid, you know, teacher is like a celebrity to you. Mm -hmm. When you see one out and about, you you're so excited. You you go home, you tell your parents, you tell all your friends, oh, I saw Miss Best at the grocery store today. You go to school and you tell everyone. You tell Miss Best, oh, remember when I saw you? It's just very funny.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, at that age, I mean, they're a big part of your life for that school year.
0: Yeah. I mean, you spend more waking time with your teacher than your parents a lot of the times if both of your parents work.
1: Um, Well, I would guess, yeah, during the school year, I guess you would.
0: And, you know, also, like a lot of the time when you're a little kid, if you're with your parents, sometimes, you know, a lot of that's taken up with like doing your homework, eating dinner, taking a bath, whatever. So you, I guess... A lot of your like fun memories are at school.
1: Yeah. But thankfully, y'all didn't have much homework in elementary school days. And so that wasn't a real big factor, which was good.
0: Yeah. I like just thinking back to when I was in high school, like how much schoolwork I had, it, it was absurd. Like the most difficult and busy time of my life was high school in the period where we had too many swim team members. So the like varsity swimmers, we had to do practice at like 5 a.m., then we would go to school, then I would have all these classes, then I would have a club, then I would come home and I'd have to do all my like AP homework. I don't have enough energy to do that now. That was a nightmare. Even when I've worked really long, like, you know, 12 hour days or whatever, I would rather do that than have to go back to high school.
1: Really? Yeah. So, I mean, so even law school wasn't...
0: I mean, law school in terms of the stuff you have to learn is more difficult But you have more free time because the actual classes, maybe you do four hours of class a day. Uh And then, you know, you can kind of structure your studying outside of that. You know, you'd have two hours of sport, maybe an hour of club. You'd have... Nine to three, (laughs) you have to ride the bus. Like Mm -hmm. that takes an hour. It's just so, such a long day.
1: Yeah, total hours. Or, of course, like in Rebecca's situation, being in dental school, she pretty much has eight hours a day of classes or and or clinic. And I guess she's just starting in clinic now.
0: Well, at least two days a week, she has the whole afternoon off.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't realize that.
0: So it's not as bad. Mm -hmm. And then I think some of the classes, they can watch the lectures. So you can sort of do that at your leisure or do it at 1.5 speed or something. Mm -hmm. Do you remember if your mom and dad had like a particular book that they each liked to read to you? I know Last time we talked, you said since Grandma was a, like mostly a stay-at-home mom when you were a kid, she would have been the one who had more time. Yeah,
1: pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was um, was a welcome wagon hostess for a while, but generally, she was you know there whenever we were there. Mm -hmm. and in Roanoke Rapids, I know I told you about this, but we would go home for lunch every day because the elementary schools didn't have uh, lunch rooms, and even the high school didn't have much of one. I think we went home for lunch even in high school.
0: That's pretty, pretty good. I bet Emily would love that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was great.
0: Wow, that's interesting. So how far was the walk? Do you remember?
1: At first, we lived maybe six blocks away, and then we only lived one block away uh, from the elementary school. And then Mm -hmm. probably high school was maybe about six blocks away. So, you know, especially if you rode your bike, six blocks is not very much. So,
0: Yeah. That's kind of interesting to think of. I can't even can't even really envision that.
1: (laughs) Well, it was a small town and there were five neighborhood elementary schools and one high school.
0: Mm -hmm. I guess they were pretty small schools and everybody would have lived really close by.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much there were two classes for each grade in our elementary school.
0: Wow. That's pretty cute. So, we'll move on to me now, I guess. Okay. So, for anyone who hasn't listened to the Mother's Day episode, my mom said, kind of complained, I guess, that you wanted to read us all the chapter books. So, she was kind of stuck with the picture books. And that when she has grandkids, she wants to read them some of the chapter books.
1: Oh, she wants to read the chapter books?
0: Yeah. Uh So um, you already mentioned that Winnie the Pooh was a big thing.
1: Mm-hmm. But, okay, To in my defense, you know, see, I was working, mm-hmm. f- well, four days a week at least anyway. And so she had a lot more time with you all during the day. And so as far as bedtime stories, that was something that I really liked to do.
0: I, well, she said that in your defense as mm-hmm. well. I don't think she was that upset about it. Oh, but good, good. she was saying, you know, she had mm-hmm. to do the the less interesting books to an adult at least. Well,
1: and plus like you like we were talking about she had more time, you know, she was with you girls most of the time and so so there was plenty of opportunity.
0: That's true. So I know Winnie the Pooh. Oh, did you know what I was going to ask? When you were little, did you have a favorite Winnie the Pooh character?
1: Um, well, I guess Pooh and then mm-hmm. piglet, and then probably rabbit after that, and eeyore after that. That's how I would rank them.
0: Wow, what about Tigger?
1: Um, he wasn't a favorite character.
0: Oh, that's surprising. Okay, I feel like a lot of times, you know, little kids love Tigger because he's jumping all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when when we would read Winnie the Pooh? Because we read, I think we decided that there were like two. Winnie the Pooh prose books and then maybe one poetry book that had some Winnie the Pooh poems. Mm -hmm. Me and Emily were two-ish years apart, and then Emily and Becca are two-ish years apart, and then there's a three-year gap between Becca and Lydia.
1: Yeah, you were 21 months between you and Emily and 16 months between Emily and Rebecca.
0: Right. So there were periods where I mean, you'd have three very small girls. Oh, yeah. And then after Lydia was born, I was seven, so not Mm -hmm. super small. But did we have particular characters we had an affinity for? Because I know the family likes to joke sometimes that Beck is like Eeyore now. I feel like Emily was really into Piglet. Do you remember if that's true? (laughs) Because he's so stressed all the time.
1: Yeah, he's stressed. And also he was very small and cute. and I'm, I'm sure Emily liked that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Very pink too.
1: Yes. Well, now who did you like?
0: I feel like I liked all of them, but I I feel like I would have really enjoyed Winnie the Pooh and then I like the concept of Kanga and Roo a lot. Like oh, kind of a two yes. for one, one goes into the other, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I liked Roo because in the books he had like a very squeaky voice and I think you would do his little squeak voice sometimes and that was probably pretty funny. Yeah, so Winnie the Pooh was a big book for us when we were little. And then can you remember any others in particular? Well, I
1: guess before that, Mm -hmm. the books that, let's see, the Rainbow Fish and Good Night Moon, and that would be right before bed. And those were short books. And, you know, you you girls would just about be asleep by the end of those. And those were very, you know, quiet type books and everything. And then we went to Velveteen Rabbit, which... I guess that was a chapter book. It just wasn't real long.
0: It It's possible that they were like really short chap, or maybe more mm-hmm. like sections. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been divided in two or three sections or something, but it was like a long, I would call it like a longer picture book maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure.
1: And then let's see, I guess um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe mm-hmm. and Little House on the Prairie, those were books that I hadn't been exposed to um, but you girls enjoy. Yeah. We would read those. In fact, I remember you and Rebecca had, didn't you have bunk beds in the, in the little house then?
0: Well, I think we would have had bunk beds, because yeah. it wasn't a big house, so I don't know how we would have fit all those kids in there otherwise. And
1: so we would all get in the in one of the bunk beds, and we would read those, and that was fun.
0: I kind of remember living in the little house, but not as much, because I would have been very young.
1: You would have still been pretty young, uh-huh.
0: Like what, maybe four or something? Three and four? Well,
1: Rebecca was born when we were in that house.
0: Yeah, so maybe four, I guess. Yeah. So when we did end up moving to the pink house, which was bigger, something I kind of realized later was funny is that that house had plenty of bedrooms, but even though there was no need for a really long time, me, Emily, and Becca all shared a room, me in the top bunk, Emily in the middle bunk, and Becca in the trundle bed. So there were plenty of rooms. We could have each had our own bedroom, but none of us, it didn't occur to any of us for a really long time that we should move out of the room. And I remember when Becca decided she wanted to move out and like move into the guest room. And we always called it the guest room. We didn't really call it Becca's room, even though she'd been living in there a while. Emily and I were kind of like, we felt betrayed. And we were thinking, why would she want to move away? This is the best. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we'd wake up in the morning and immediately we would all play together.
1: (laughs) Well, and then Lydia, I don't think slept in. She always, it seemed like, slept in the bedroom with one of you guys.
0: Yeah, she didn't have her own room because we had a little, like a little kind of apartment at the bottom that grandma lived in when she was with us. Uh And then the bedroom, the three of us lived in, Emily stayed in there, Becca took the guest room, and then I ended up in the purple room for a while, a different guest room, and Lydia would sleep in there with me. And she never had her own room. I don't even know where she kept her stuff because I don't think she kept it in my room, but she would sleep with me every night. And she was the worst about kicking and like taking up space. So I would get woken up or like I would wake up in the morning and Lydia would be sleeping diagonally and I would Mm -hmm. be on my side with like, you know, six inches of bed space. Yeah, but. So I got really good about not moving in my sleep.
1: (laughs) But she was tiny though. So she didn't take up a lot of room, but she.
0: If she was diagonal. Yeah, she she
1: would. yeah, Yeah, she would spread out.
0: Mm-hmm. and she also, she would walk around barefoot all the time, so do you remember what her feet were like?
1: Oh gosh, she could walk on rocks or anything. I mean, they were like leather almost.
0: The soles of her feet were like black.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you put her in a car seat, and by the time you got up to get in the driver's seat, she had her shoes and socks off. So
0: Yeah, she, she did not like to wear shoes, Mm-mm. but the problem is her, her heels were like, rock hard and if she was in her sleep and like kicking kicking it was like being stabbed almost
1: oh okay like having a shoe on
0: mm-hmm. like having a shoe with like instead of you know steel toed boots like steel heeled boots and that was her little yes. black heels uh-huh. <laughs> it was pretty funny So I remember when we read the C.S. Lewis Narnia books, we had a set of all of them. Mm -hmm. And I told you in the last recording that I was really surprised to find out that The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was the most famous because we read all of them. We would just kind of work our way through and there Mm -hmm. wasn't a particular book we really loved. And I think that you read us, it seemed like you liked The Voyage of the Dawn Treader a lot and maybe prince caspian and then i really liked the horse and his boy so mm-hmm. to me the chronicles of narnia is one of my least favorites in the series which i still like it but it's not uh, i was always like what why is this the one everybody likes the most mm-hmm. so when i was little it was do you remember that it was really hard for you and mom or not hard well i guess it kind of was hard but it was pretty rare that you guys would find us brown baby dolls.
1: Oh yeah. There wasn't a lot of choice as far as ethnicity of, of baby dolls. That's true.
0: Right. And also movies and books. We didn't have very many movies and books that had like brown girls in them. So I think the reason I liked the horse a horse and his boy so much is because one of the main characters is a brown girl from like the country near Narnia. Oh,
1: okay. I didn't realize that. I mean, that that was a a favorite of yours.
0: I think it might have been because we Mm -hmm. always really liked, you know, that's why we we liked Pocahontas and Aladdin so much. And we would be those characters for Halloween. I think Emily and I were like Jasmine and Pocahontas for like, you know, seven years in a row or something.
1: Oh, and Rebecca was Pocahontas for a long time, too.
0: Yeah. Well, because, you know, if mom got me a Pocahontas costume... Then Emily would get to use it and then Becca would get to use it and it would just be passed down. Mm -hmm. When I think about it, that's, I believe that could have been why I liked a horse and his boy so much. But also it was very exciting, like more than some of the other ones. Mm -hmm. We liked horses. Yeah,
1: but the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe was pretty, you know, there was a lot going on in that you know, a lot of action. There was
0: a lot going on. Mm -hmm. But you know, Emily and I really liked horses growing up Mm -hmm. because we would read Black Beauty and National Velvet and those books. We went to pony camp. So I feel like also having two talking horses would have been another bonus for us at the time. (laughs)
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's true. Oh, speaking of talking animals, Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about... um, Martha Speaks. Yeah, that was a favorite book and funny book.
0: Yeah, that one was cute. That was a a picture book. Yeah, we
1: read the Dr. Seuss books also. Mm -hmm. To me, they weren't as good as the chapter books.
0: Right. I think when you would read us books, you were also like a little bit more interested in reading something that had interest for you instead of just for us. So I think maybe you nudged us a little bit more towards the other books. Oh,
1: yeah, but don't you think they had a much better storyline? I do. Hop on pop and, you know, that. They-
0: I don't even know what the storyline of Hop on Pop would be. Like, how would you even tell that story?
1: Uh, well, it's all about rhyming, I guess.
0: Yeah, it is all about rhyming. But rhymes are really satisfying for little kids. So I see why mm-hmm. they're so popular. But yeah, I would I would easily get sick of Dr. Seuss books personally. hmm I think I I liked them as a kid, but I think for me, because I learned how to read pretty young, I think I liked to save the Dr. Seuss books just to read for myself, because then I'd get that sense of accomplishment, and then I'd have you guys read the chapter books for us.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, then, do you remember the Spot books, and, and Carl's Christmas, and Good Dog Carl? We talked about those a little bit. A
0: lot of dog books, too. And do you remember... What kind of dog Carl was?
1: He was a Rottweiler.
0: A Rottweiler, yeah. And his books were always like, the parents would leave and they would say, okay, Carl, watch the baby. And then Carl would always like get the baby dressed and take the baby on an adventure and then put him back to bed before his parents got there.
1: And this was in downtown Manhattan too, which is pretty impressive.
0: We also read... You actually read us Eloise a lot, more so than Mom. Oh,
1: yes, yes. When she lived in the plaza, I had forgot, And that was a book that I enjoyed when I was growing up, too.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know how old Eloise was around. Uh,
1: but those, they were funny.
0: They are funny. Did you notice in 30 Rock there's a joke about Eloise?
1: In one of the episodes?
0: Yeah, in one of the episodes, uh-huh. Jack's mom comes to visit him, and she says, like, She's like, I can't stay at the plaza, Jack. What if I run into Eloise? What am I supposed to do? Not tell her that I know her grandson's gay? Which, that was a pretty good joke because of Eloise. Um, yeah. She was funny. I I think...
1: I liked her chubby little belly.
0: Yeah, that was cute. The little pot belly and all uh-huh. her little pets. She was a rascal, you know? Like, there are some children's books where the kids are very well behaved, but Eloise was badly, like, yes. very, yes. very She badly was not behaved. one
1: of them. That's true.
0: So she was funny. Oh, and you also read us Madeline a lot.
1: Oh, yes. Which Madeline
0: was a good girl, not a bad girl. (laughs) Yes, she
1: was. And who was the little boy that they talked about being the bad hat?
0: Yeah, the bad hat. What was his name? It was like Pepito or something? Let me see.
1: Yes, I think so. See,
0: that doesn't make sense as far as a name goes.
1: But when we went to um, New York for your 12th birthday and Emily's and Lydia's, we went to the plaza and, you know, they have that big portrait of Eloise.
0: Yeah. I I think that's so cute. Yeah. His name's Pepito. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. We read a lot of, did you read Madeline or sorry. Yeah. Did you read Madeline when you were little or you found it w- with us? Mm, I don't
1: think so. Yeah. that I discovered that with you guys.
0: Okay. And also the Little House on the Prairie books, which you read to us, I told you last time that I think that part of the reason we liked them so much is because it was a family with It started with three daughters, and I think by the end it has four daughters, Mm -hmm. which is pretty rare, which we had in our family. But I really liked the early ones when you would read them and we would be close to the ages of Laura and I think Mary maybe. But I I just – I think I only read the later ones a couple times because – I just wasn't that interested in the later ones where-
1: Where you weren't the same age.
0: Well, also when she's like falling in love and getting a job and oh, stuff, yeah, I was yeah. just like, don't care about that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but I actually, my favorite one was Little House in the Big Woods because they would do that. The scene that sticks out in my mind is when they drizzled the, I think, maple syrup on the snow and they made candy. Oh, hmm And I always wanted to do that. But first of all, it rarely snowed. Near our house. And second of all, when we were growing up, we didn't use maple syrup. We used corn syrup on our pancakes because that's what you prefer.
1: Well, or you used to. Oh, no, I liked molasses on pancakes. Huh,
0: molasses. Well, we definitely never had maple syrup. Yeah,
1: yeah, not corn syrup. Corn syrup is the white. Well, we had the knockoff. Once, you know, like Log Cabin or Aunt Jemima or whatever. Right. Because, I mean, real maple syrup is, you know, very expensive. And so um, that would have been something that we wouldn't have used on a regular basis.
0: Right. But we, I do know we did use corn syrup all the time and that sometimes friends would spend the night and we would have pancakes And I would be like, here you go. Here's your corn syrup and butter. And they would always be like, what?
2: Uh Where's Uh the maple?
0: I'm guessing that the synthetic maple syrup, you wouldn't have been able to do the thing where you draw the pictures in the snow. So maybe now that I'm remembering it, maybe I'll just make it myself some next time. Yeah, with real maple syrup. Because I always keep Mm -hmm. real maple syrup in the house. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you're more of a gourmet than um, your mother and I.
0: Well, I don't know. You guys are... You've been eating pretty fancy these days with your blue aprons and stuff. Those are pretty gourmet.
1: Um, Well, of the three that we have used, they they are definitely the ones, but... Um, the Blue Apron is a. It takes me a long time. I don't like to have to do those by myself.
0: Because of all the prep work. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Your mom likes those, and and we both like Hello Fresh. Okay, but I, the Blue Apron is cer- certainly the more gourmet of the three.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And we're not loving this Martha Stewart one either. I think once we are having to pay full price for those, we'll stop.
0: Okay, so audience, there's your. Meal delivery kit review. Blue Apron, good, but time-consuming. HelloFresh, good all around. Martha Stewart, not worth the money. How did you get your books growing up? Did your mom take you to bookstores or you would buy them at like school book fairs or where did they come from? You would go to the library. Well,
1: they wouldn't have been school. I I guess they would have been Bookstores, and I'm sure we went to the library a lot, and you know checked out books because they would have a bunch.
0: The double-sided books, though, because you had so many.
1: And and then I guess we got books for oh those okay I think our parents got us those, but um, books were a pop you know pretty popular gift for kids too. And we enjoyed them, so it was a great gift for us.
0: When did you get a TV for the first time?
1: Um, Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Well, we had one before that, but it didn't work. What? So I was fifth grade, and my brother was third grade.
0: I guess it was black and white.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you mostly would be reading books, because there wasn't much. You'd be playing, you'd be reading books.
1: Well, no, there were some, I mean, we would watch cartoons um, on Saturday morning. Okay. You know, when when we were little kids. You know, once we had a TV and then hadn't outgrown cartoons. We didn't watch a whole lot of TV growing up mm. until probably high school, maybe.
0: Okay. I guess once you were old enough to watch whatever the American public was watching. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't a ton of children's programming back then the way there is now right there's like so many channels that are just stuff for kids.
1: Oh yeah, not like that. I mean there there would be children's programs in the morning.
0: Over your whole life what has been the piece of technology where you've been the most amazed like astonished? Hmm. Was it the color TV? Maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean as as a kid growing up, yeah, color TV.
0: Hmm. We talked about it briefly last time, but um I was saying like technology is so advanced now that it's almost, it's really hard for me to envision being so amazed because I grew up with the internet. We had, or not my whole life though. Mm -hmm. We had dial up when I was in Mm -hmm. maybe third or fourth grade. And before that I had, there's no internet.
1: And the iPhones and Mm -hmm. all the phone technology that they have now, that's pretty amazing, but that's, that's not. That I predated all of that. So
0: mm-hmm. I feel like if there's, if we ever get flying cars, that's when I'll be like, wow, this is great.
1: <laughs> well, I'm surprised that we don't have those. I mean, we were seeing yeah. that on the Jetsons. So, and <laughs> when like, I was Chitty Chitty Bang
0: kid. Bang, they had a flying car. Yeah. I don't know why. People have always just been like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely have flying cars. And I don't know what's taking so long. But
1: What's holding us back?
0: Yeah. And hoverboards, what they call hoverboards now, they have wheels. They don't hover at all. Mm -hmm. I know that it would be really difficult to make an actual hoverboard, but it seems like it should be doable at this point.
1: Well, people have envisioned them and imagined them for quite a long time. So you're right about that. Yeah. Well, shoot. Look, look at. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea, and when that was written?
0: What? When was it written? Seventeen hundreds?
1: You know, uh, Jules Verne. Well, no, no, I don't, I don't think it was that.
0: Eighteen hundreds? I think. Yeah. Okay. And
1: then you know, he had a very technologically advanced submarine, and
0: he was born in eighteen twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So I guess it even would have been the mid to late eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. He was an interesting guy. We had some of his books abridged too, because we used to read Around the World in Eighty Days.
1: Now, did you read um, the? Um, The Time Machine, H.G. Wells' books and the- Yes, Uh
0: we did. I think we had a lot of the kind of classic- fantasy and sci-fi because we read um, Uh a Gulliver's Uh Travels. We had a version of that as well. That was pretty interesting, but it cut out so much. Like I think I grew up with, we had some Charles Dickens as well, but they were all abridged for kids. Mm -hmm. And I think when I got older and I was like, oh, I remember reading that. I remember trying to read Gulliver's Travels at one point and I'm like, wait, where? what is all this? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think I realized that those were abridged until later on. I think we might've had some Sherlock Holmes as well.
1: Oh yes, I'm sure we did. Yeah, I enjoyed um Sherlock Holmes and Tarzan books a lot. You know, when I was when I was growing up.
0: I don't think we had any of your Tarzan books cuz I don't remember, I don't remember reading them. Maybe they didn't make it to us.
1: Yeah, probably not, but those were even better than Sherlock's Sherlock Holmes.
0: We watched the movie a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. Emily loves it still. I think all my sisters they just love that. Phil Collins soundtrack.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, but that's a lot different from the books. The books were great.
0: Yeah, I feel like it must have been different if the books were a series. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was more like he just had like adventures in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was that? Who wrote Tarzan? Edgar um, Rice Burroughs. Edgar Rice
1: Burroughs, I think. You
0: actually read a lot of sci fi growing up, it sounds like, and fantasy and that sort of thing.
1: There was another series when I was an um, early teenager that I liked called Doc Savage. Hmm. That was a series of books. I don't know if those are even still around, but they were very popular and they were popular, I think, when my dad was growing up.
0: This is another thing we talked about last time, but I told you, I wonder if now that parents have access to the internet and they're able to like Google what are the best-selling children's books or like what children's books have been released recently, I wonder if kids these days... Don't have as many touchstones in terms of books in common with their parents and grandparents as I did, for example, because I know you and mom did buy us plenty of modern books. But a ton of the books were books we inherited from you, mm-hmm. and like books that had been popular for some of them for you know over a hundred years.
1: Yes, yeah, you know, I guess you 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 think about the books, well, at least we did. We thought about books that we had had read to us or had read mm-hmm. as children. Well, we had a lot of those, and we really enjoyed them. So we figured that you guys would too. So
0: we did. Yeah, I think um, I'm just curious, like. If you look at an average seven year old's bookshelf today, you know, what percentage of those books would be published in the past ten years compared to like our book collection growing up? Like if it would be a higher percentage.
1: Yeah, probably a lot more so would be recent than what what you guys had.
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of the books that you're talking about, almost every single one is still pretty popular and still in print.
1: Well, I guess that's why they call them classics. Yeah. So I guess you could talk about the canon of children's literature.
0: Well, we did with Winnie the Pooh, actually.
1: Oh, no, no. But I mean, the but, you know, as far as fire the canon for children's literature, which (laughs) ones actually deserve to be in that?
0: Let's see. Is there anything else? Okay. So here were the two things that we talked about that you were surprised by last time. And we'll see if you're surprised by them this time. Oh, okay. So these were both very formative book experiences for me. One of them is one time you and I went to Texas and it was just us on a little trip. And I think I was about, maybe about five. And we checked out a few books from the library. And one of those books was a book called... The best Christmas pageant ever. Oh, okay. I remember the worst Christmas pageant ever. Okay. Uh And worst was crossed out and it was called best. Yeah. So we took that book with us on this trip and then we lost it. And I was traumatized. Like I was so freaked out because to me, you know, the library was my favorite place. And it was so special and like librarians were like celebrities to me. And I had never lost a book before. And I was like so freaked out, you know, are the librarians going to, are they going to think badly of me? Are they all going to tell each other that I lost a book? <laughs> so it was just like, it was very traumatic, but you don't have any memory of it. You remember that I told you about it a few days ago, but you don't remember the incident. Yeah,
1: I remember that you told me about it a week ago, but no, I don't, re- I don't remember that. Oh,
0: that's funny. The o- the first time that you ever grounded one of your kids was me because when I was in about maybe fourth grade, third or fourth grade, I checked out the princess and the goblin from my school library and we were going on a road trip like on a weekend day. So it was probably like a two hour car ride and I was in the middle of the book and you and mom said, don't bring the book because you might lose it and it's a library book. And I brought it anyway because I was in the middle of the story. I didn't lose it. But when I got home, you guys found out and then you grounded me for a few days. And I still don't really know why you told me not to. Like, you should have just let me bring it. Yeah, I (laughs) (laughs) remember
1: us talking about it, but I don't remember that instance.
0: Yeah. And you told Uh. me when we talked before that you were like, I don't even know what grounding you would have entailed. Yes. (laughs) I don't know either. But I, and I don't even think that you guys were very specific about it. I think you just said, like, you're grounded for three days and didn't really elaborate. I think you might have left it up yeah, to me. I,
1: you know, maybe, you know, that you couldn't leave the house in the yard or something. I'm sure that's what grounding was and maybe not um, have your friends over, that type of thing.
0: Yeah, something like that. But anyway, so those are my two traumatic book experiences from when I was a kid I'd be curious to see if mom remembers those because mm. she definitely has a better memory than you do
1: yes yes and and I you know I guess is you've certainly had more good book memory experiences than traumatic ones which is wonderful
0: yeah those are the only ones as far as I know although actually you know what when I was in um third grade my teacher had a copy of like a like scary stories, like ghost stories. Mm -hmm. And I had read like everything else in the classroom. So I read that one and I was really scared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So maybe that would be my other one, but those are all fine. All those book memories are fine overall. I would say my reading journey has been successful.
1: (laughs) Well, I hope that we will enjoy reading stories to grandkids as much as we did to you girls.
0: I hope so. I hope that any kids that I have will both love reading and have good taste in books, because I would be really upset if they hated books or if they just really liked books that I think are not mm-hmm. very good. Well,
1: I don't know. It's hard to imagine if you were read to a lot as a child and enjoyed that, mm-hmm. that you wouldn't, wouldn't like to read As you grew up, too.
0: Well, Emily doesn't.
1: Well, that's true. Yeah, she's not a big reader, you know, as far as recreationally and everything. That's true.
0: I've asked her. I think the most recent book she has read, except for like reading children's books to her students, Mm -hmm. is I was reading... Um, a book like just a random young adult book that was called hot dog girl Mm -hmm. and emily was like oh that's funny and also she loves hot dogs so she borrowed that book and i think she did read it but as far as i know that's the only book she's read for fun in the past since honestly since she read junie b jones and You know, in second grade. Oh,
1: I'm sure that's not the case, but um, don't be sure. (laughs) Okay, well, I would I would bet a significant amount of money that that's not the case.
0: All right, I'm I'm going to text her. I'll I'll put an update in this episode when it comes out, and I'll ask Emily what books have you read recreationally as an adult, and also. Since Junie B. Jones, if you can Oh, recall.
1: okay. Okay, cool.
0: Because that's the only book that I remember, the only series, or the last time I remember her getting really into books was Junie B. Jones.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's it, from what I recall. <laughs> I guess my last question is, do you have particular books where you're like, I can't wait to read them again when I have grandkids? Are there any that you're like, Oh, well, I'm ready for another round of Winnie the Pooh or something?
1: Yes, yes. I mean, the ones that I enjoyed reading to y'all the most would be the ones that I would um, look forward to sharing with grandkids, too.
0: You think they're going to hold up?
1: Oh, Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm not sure it'll be the same edition or whatever, but <laughs> but yes, certainly, the yeah, that would be great.
0: Okay. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast to talk to us. It seems like you are ready for bed.
1: Um, Yes, it is approaching 9 o'clock.
0: Yeah, you've been yawning a lot the past 10 minutes, I would say. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on to talk to us, Dad. I really look forward to how the episode turns out. I hope we can get your audio file this time.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Well, it's been a pleasure and thank you for having me.
0: Good luck to the other pairs of podcasters and dads. We'll see how they do. Oh,
1: okay. (laughs) Well, love you and have a good evening.
0: Okay. Love you too, dad. Bye. Sleep well.
1: All right. Hello
4: everyone. Welcome to this segment of the podcast. This is the one that I'm doing with my dad. I'm Theo, I'm the producer, and this is my dad. Do you want to say your name or do you want me to say it?
5: Hi, I'm Frank Chandler. I'm Theo's dad. I've been all along. that's his claim to fame.
4: <laughs> I've been all, along. all right. Well, so the the premise for this episode is it's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. Thank you. I'm sure when this episode comes out, you'll be enjoying some pancakes with maple syrup.
5: <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Mom was going, well, what do you want to take to the beach? Like food and stuff. He goes, you want pancakes and, and sausage, right? And I goes. and syrup? And she goes, <sighs> <laughs> <riding>. well, yeah. <laughs>
4: Um, audience just to fill you in on that every father's day for your birthday and christmas every year seth and i get you maple syrup <laughs> because it basically never fails
5: and i enjoy every bite
4: yeah um, i mean this is already off topic but like uh, growing up and like having pancakes every weekend i do remember that so fondly i'm actually curious like when did you <laughs> decide that's what you were gonna do have pancakes every weekend. I never asked you that.
5: Um, I mean, as far as being at home, I guess as soon as I had kids, we basically, I tried to eat pancakes every weekend, ever since I turned 18 and realized there's restaurants that'll make them for you. Things like that. (laughs) I led a sheltered childhood. (laughs) We didn't get out much.
4: Oh, Did you have pancakes when you were a kid?
5: Yeah. We never had maple syrup. Mom made her own syrup out of... A cup of brown sugar, a cup of white sugar, a cup of water, maple flavoring. Hmm. Mom always made her own syrup. Oh, interesting. I'm not even sure if it was real maple flavoring. It could have been artificial, I guess. Who knows? Right. When your mom and I first started dating, we used to go to this place called University Grill, I think. It was on 17th in Knoxville, Tennessee, down on Cumberland Avenue. As (laughs) soon as I would walk in, no matter what time of day, Uh if this certain waitress named Virginia was working, she would go and stick the syrup in the microwave to heat my syrup. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I walked in the door, she had me pegged. <laughs>
4: yeah, that had you peg. I mean, but also, so with something other than syrup, I imagine like a movie about like a a mafia boss. They walk in and the people know, like, oh gosh, we got to prepare their favorite meal now, or something right. like that. Yeah. They really. I
5: tipped it. her well, and she appreciated it, so it came back to me mm. all the time. Every time I walked in there, <laughs> were you going
4: there like every week or something?
5: Uh, you know we. Go out partying on Friday night and get up and go. eat, Usually either there or the Southern Grill, which is also in Knoxville. It's out in North Knoxville, but they also had good pancakes. And mm-hmm. Mom would always usually go for the country ham or something, grits and stuff like that. Got to have my pancakes. <laughs> and then I guess when we moved here, we used to go to Breadman's a lot, and they had blueberry pancakes. Yeah, that were
4: really good. How many pancakes do you think you've eaten? <laughs> it sounds like a lot yeah i know uh
5: <laughs> you'd think i'd look different from eating all those pancakes but
4: because <laughs> you're really skinny yeah. you think. <laughs> maybe that's your secret your your body gained a resistance to uh carbs and sugar by eating so many pancakes is that how it works I guess. <laughs> you should release a uh a, a diet book for people to follow the frank chandler diet pancakes every weekend
5: pancakes on the weekends or waffles. Either will do. <laughs> we had a waffle iron for a while, and we tried making them. Mom got tired of the mess, so we quit doing that. Oh, yeah. It is so messy. But I think I started, I guess Seth might have only been two or three, the first time I ever ma- helped or had him help me make the pancake. Mm. It's really probably just since I had kids. I guess it was because as a kid, I wanted pancakes all the time, but we never got them. We only got it when it would, like, snow or do something crazy, Yeah, you know. I'm guessing two or three times a year at best. Oh, interesting. Because we ate grits and cream of wheat. Otherwise, on the weekends, we could eat cold cereals.
4: But you're saying you started doing it when you had Seth. So it was like, I never got to do this when I was a kid. And gosh, (laughs) darn it, my kids are going to have pancakes every week.
5: (laughs) I don't think it's so much that as I just wanted pancakes every weekend.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we can get to the... The The point of this episode, which is we're talking about like books that we read as a child, when, like when I was a child and like maybe any memories you have of books in your childhood or anything like that. I don't know. I mean, I was wondering, like, when I talked to mom, I mean, we talked about those big dinosaur books that I would read, and I would, I don't remember. Do you, I mean, what books do you remember?
5: Well, as far as a dinosaur book, I was going in there and looking and noticed there's one that's called the Dinosaur Data Book, and it's about probably an inch thick and has all kinds of
4: stuff. It's the blue one?
5: Yeah. But I noticed on the front, it says, fact and fictions about dinosaurs. <laughs> I didn't really look, but I started going like, uh, how much? Fiction did he pick up and how much fact did he get <laughs> Yeah,
4: right. That's basically just like a legal thing. Like, don't hold us accountable for anything said in this dinosaur book. They don't distinguish which are the facts and which are the fictions so that they can just say whatever. And <laughs> Right.
5: It had all kinds of dinosaurs yeah. in there. It had like a descriptions and all this kind of stuff. I didn't really look in there to find that they yeah. had a category of these are the facts about them and this is the fiction about them. Kind of thing. Yeah, I
4: don't remember that either. I remember that book basically being like it would tell you a dinosaur and then it would give you its stats. Like it would say like This is how long it was. This is how much it probably weighed. This is when it lived. Right. I mean, I remember it being actually kind of a dry book, but I remember just like going through page after page, being like, "There's got to be a cool dinosaur in here that I've never heard of." <laughs> I was just like I think
5: that was probably the one with the most dinosaurs in it. Yeah, we had posters all over your walls too with dinosaurs on them too. The <laughs> Orange one with the two tyrannosaurus on the front. That was like the very first big one I got, and we bought that for Seth about the time you were born as a mm-hmm. your birthday present to him. Okay. Kids get uh, sibling rivalry and all that kind of stuff even early on, so we were trying to give Seth something to do oh. while we were having to take care of you as a baby kind of thing. I see. And this is more Seth that orange dinosaur book. So it had two Tyrannosaurus on the front. and He used to say that it was the mom and the baby all the time. We had two plastic uh, Tyrannosaurus figures Mm -hmm. and I set them up on opposite ends of the rug in the living room and made him get down and look at one of them real close and see how small the other one looks when you're standing here looking at this one right
4: (laughs) (laughs) so he was not realizing there was perspective on the cover of that but
5: yeah you know he didn't realize it was off in the distance he was just thinking it was a baby so that was his first lessons in perspective as well
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's really interesting because like perspective is an illusion like it's a 2D surface that is made to look 3D. It's like it wasn't fooling him, <laughs> right? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm not happy, <laughs> yeah, but he was coming to the wrong conclusion. <laughs> I don't care if
5: those trees are shorter in the background, those are baby trees. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wait, this is Seth again, but wasn't he? He was the one who was like reading a dinosaur book and he read three tootle tending to the ton or something. That was you, that was me, yeah,
5: that was you. We had left you with Kathy McKinnon, I guess you and Seth, because we'd gone out on a date or something. Uh We had left that book and you had read it to her and she just was giggly after that and (laughs) carried it on for years. That joke of one ticket or tenting to the
4: You know, I just stuck on that one letter. Was it a T or a D? Are you D, or a T, tittle?
5: You weren't quite getting your STs, I guess. I thought it was you. Maybe it was that. Three little one ticket or tenting to the time.
4: T, tittle, ticket stories. Tind- I think
5: you're only like about two or three <laughs> when you did it, too. I guess you had heard me read it enough to Seth that you could read the book kind of thing. That was the thing too, as yeah, as far as reading goes. I mean, I think it was in kindergarten. Your mom and I went to like our first teachers' meeting, and we're going like, "Well, well how's this reading?" And Going like, he reads fine and we're going like well yeah. you know he doesn't do much here you know trying to encourage him blah blah, blah. go no he, he reads great <laughs> I think the trick was though whenever you ran into a word we couldn't just tell it to you we had to whisper it in your ear <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just wondering from your perspective like what could you do if I was it would have been like helping me read and just hoping we didn't get to a word where I couldn't figure it out inevitably that would have to happen right and then I would just run away well you'd, you'd get all
5: verclamped clamped on everything and, you know, it'd take <laughs> a little while to get you through all that to get back to reading again i mean as far as the books i remember the carl the dog books
4: no carl the dog
5: yeah they were picture books and carl was the babysitter and he and the baby would go off and get into trouble like they'd go to the department store and the mom would be doing something and carl would steal the baby off and they'd go bounce on the beds and do stuff like this you know and magically the baby and Carl would show right back up where they were supposed to be and no one was the wiser kind of thing
4: oh <laughs> so they <laughs> they never got in trouble
5: no mm. Carl was always a good babysitter and always kept the baby safe
4: I wonder if that's why I was taught that I could always do anything I wanted as long as no one found out <laughs>
5: <laughs> could be Just we had a whole bunch of golden books you know pokey little puppy and yeah. listen to the podcast y'all were I think I remember you all talking about whether it was like a big thick cardboard pages or whether it was paper pages. Mm. Your all's was a regular bound book with paper pages. It wasn't like the two year old version, which is, you know, thick cardboard book.
3: Oh, <laughs> you
4: know, <where> they, <laughs> wait, who was saying it was card? Was that Jackie who was saying it was cardboard?
5: I think that was Jackie. Yeah.
4: She's, yeah. She's like at a two year old reading level. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. And until 2000, I always had like a regular kind of pretty much nine to five job. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, mom was standing at the door with the babies in her arms. He's yours now kind of stuff. (laughs) So as soon as I got home at five, you guys were mine in the evenings. It would usually involve bottles in bed and reading books and stuff like that. Um, hmm. I guess I got the bunk beds were the first. Like we had a regular bed and a baby bed in there, I guess, until hmm. we got the bunk beds mm-hmm. when you were too big for the baby bed anymore. So I guess you're about, what, 12? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, I come home from college. Where's my baby bed? <laughs> <laughs>
5: On the other hand, both of you fell out of the top bunk within 24 hours of us having that bed, those bunk beds.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we both, felt, but wasn't Seth the top bunk, or did I? Yeah, leave?
5: Seth was on the top bunk. He was sleeping, but when he fell out, he said, "Well, I grabbed the pillow." And I goes, "You weigh more than the pillow. <laughs> it's not, it's not a good anchor."
4: <laughs> but how did I fall out? What oh
5: no, <laughs> he fell out like the first day, and you fell. Out. I guess you all were both climbing up there the second day, and one of you and you fell out. So I think that's when we (laughs) – I think we had one of those things you stick underneath a mattress to keep the kids from rolling out of bed. Mm. For Seth, when he was in the twin bed, when we got the bunk beds, we put that up on the top bunk to try and keep him in after both of you fell out.
4: (laughs) Yeah. After I had also fallen out, like, were you thinking, "Mm, maybe the bunk bed isn't a good idea (laughs) or is it –
5: Maybe we need to put the mattress on the floor. (laughs) I don't know how you fell out. I think Seth was trying to go to sleep. When he fell out, you just couldn't be one up, so you decided to do it, too. <laughs> uh, but by the time you were reading chapter books, I, I don't think I did much reading to y'all after that. Yeah, Mom did with the Harry Potter stuff. When y'all did moms, it made me think of the few times my mom read to us when we were kids. Yeah, I'm the 10th out of 13 kids, for your listeners. I remember her reading Harry, uh, Mary Poppins. My dad used to go and fix vending machines as a spare job, Uh and one of the places was way out up in the Tennessee Valley, north of Knoxville. I remember sitting in the parking lot her with all the kids in the car. Well, not all of them. I guess at that point, there was maybe six or seven of us living at home. We were all in the car. Mom was reading. Dad was inside fixing the machines. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those little weird memories from my childhood.
4: So, wait, so you all had to go with him while he was fixing the video? For some
5: reason, yeah. I guess they decided it'd be a nice Sunday drive to go ride around. You know, mm. People used to do that back in the day, go for a Sunday drive kind of thing. You just drive somewhere? Yeah. Hmm. My dad had a bit of wanderlust, admittedly. He took us to California. We had a school bus that we converted into a camper when I was in the second grade. Yeah. We went to California in that. We went to Canada in it a couple of times. I uh, had a brother that lived up there for a while all over East Tennessee and around in that area. You
4: went up to Boston too, right?
5: Yeah, that was one of our trips from Canada. We went up. Dad was trying to he was trying to pick up as many states for the bus. <laughs> At one point, that bus had all the states written on the side, and we had them all checked off all the ones. That, and I think that bus managed to make it into about 30 of the states.
4: Oh, that's cool.
5: <laughs> in three or four provinces of Canada, or two provinces of Canada.
4: I remember you telling me some story about him, like, trying to drive up some Boston street that was like too narrow and he couldn't make a turn. So then he had to back down a hill in the bus.
5: Yeah. We went to see the old North church Uh to get there. He had to go up and over a hill, and it came down into a t intersection, mm-hmm. but the t intersection was too small for him to be able to turn the bus, so he had to back back up over the hill and back down to you know from where we started, yeah in the process he clipped some guy's mirror, yeah, had words with that guy and gave him his number, I guess, and stuff to fix it or whatever, but gosh.
4: I mean, was there like a lot of traffic? like was he no, having
5: It was like about three or four in the afternoon or something like that. It's a, a residential neighborhood, okay, with really small streets, so there's not a lot of traffic kind of
4: thing. okay. when you told me that story before, I was picturing like there are tons of people behind you like getting angry and everything. I was like, what do you even do <laughs> yeah. in that situation? But that okay, that makes more sense
5: right. Yeah. we had other misadventures in that bus too. Uh, I think we were in yosemite and it had two gas tanks on it Mm -hmm. Uh, one of them ran out and for some reason we couldn't get it turned over to the next one so then we had to back the bus down the road into a turnout which was about a mile and a half back but there was a lot of traffic at that one and we were clogging up the the national park roads with being stuck
4: oh man I mean I'm imagining the road was kind of it wasn't straight right (laughs) no it wasn't straight (laughs) it was two lanes Yeah,
5: but they would have a turnout maybe every three or four miles for people who wanted to stop and gawk you know it was in the park so wow uh,
4: (laughs) gosh I mean, how do you fix that problem? Did, was there a gas station nearby or how did you... No,
5: I think we had caused enough of a traffic problem that the rangers showed up and stuff like this <laughs> and they managed to get us enough gas that we could get someplace else or something. I don't know. I can't remember. I was yeah. I was in the second grade, so I wasn't paying a lot of attention. That's One of those trips back from Canada, I guess was... Coming back from Boston, when we got to New York, a cotter pin broke in the accelerator linkage and we pulled up on the median on the George Washington Bridge with the cars having to go on one, you know, they go down on one deck of the bridge and the trucks go on another deck. Mm. We were like on that split and the semis were missing our back end. By inches, a whole bunch of us kids were back there going, "Wow, look at this! Look at this!" Not uh-huh. thinking about God forbid if one of those guys loses it and crashes into the back of our bus, well, we're <laughs> dead at that point. <laughs>
4: yeah, right.
5: <laughs> um, but we got we managed to make it all the way back home. And I think years later, that my dad borrowed one of my sister's bobby pins and used it as the the cotter pin, and it, there to this day, as far as I know. But my own reading, I'm enjoying father Canon because I've never read most of those books. Mm. And I'm glad you're all doing it because some of them I'm going like, I'm glad I didn't waste my time reading that book. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I'm sure there's great words and composition, blah, 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 but, you know. You need a story that you like.
4: But yeah, I mean, I remember you reading like a lot of nonfiction books. Is that true? Yeah. One thing I distinctly remember is like every time you would like drive me to um, a music lesson or youth orchestra or something, I remember that massive book on like the history of Australia. Was that what it was?
5: Yeah. Fatal Shore. Yeah. That's a grim book. Oh, because it was about like- Penal colonies in Australia and how people totally disrespected people back in those days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember me reading Outlaws of the Marsh. Oh, right. So I've read a fair amount of Chinese literature. And yeah. that was one of the first novels ever written and is written in the 1200s in China, hmm. which is long before novels showed up in right. English literature. It was kind of an interesting little book because at the end of each chapter, it would kind of summarize what had happened. And it would always go, read our next chapter to find out if so and so did this or did that Right. <laughs> you know, at the end of each chapter. It'd be like
4: that. What, I mean, was it originally printed in installments or something? Is that why? Like, I don't
5: know how it was originally produced. Yeah. Um,
4: Cause apparently that's what, how, that's how like Charles Dickens novels were originally right. printed. They would be released one chapter at a time or something.
5: Yeah. Otherwise I think most of my reading in my adult life has been nonfiction and instructions. <laughs>
4: Instructions, is that what you say? Yeah,
5: <laughs> reading about how to do woodworking and things like that. Right. I've also read lots and all right. So, I went to a Catholic school in grade school and high school. Yeah, my senior year they gave us a comparative religions course and they lost me right there. Mm-hmm. After graduating, probably for the next 10 years, I just read all kinds of religious texts from the Bhagavad Gita to the Bible to eighteen, you know, pretty much anything about any religion. Yeah. Lots of Native American folklore stuff. I used to read a lot about Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read too many of the classics. <laughs> yeah,
4: I mean I remember that. It didn't even strike me as different or anything when I was a kid, but like thinking about what was on our bookshelf. Yeah, it probably was quite different than a lot of lots what of what art was history online.
5: books on our bookshelves. Yeah. I had a lot of gardening books and woodworking identification guides. <laughs> Plant, birds,
4: all kinds of nature books. (laughs) Is that how you you got so good at being able to identify the birds, is you just like memorize those
5: books? Pretty much. My Aunt Lucille gave me a subscription to National Wildlife when I was Ranger Rick, when I was, I guess, in the third grade. Mm -hmm. And then I've still got this uh, National Audubon Encyclopedia set Mm. that had everything in there pretty much, all kinds of stuff probably kind of dated at this point because it's Hmm. 40 years old, but I used to have my head buried in that thing all the time when I was a kid. When I was a kid, we had a big wall with all kinds of books on it as well. That's kind of what made me ever want a library. Mm -hmm. The top shelf had National Geographic's all the way back to 1908. Mm -hmm. This was in the 70s, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we got National Geographic. I used to read National Geographic's a lot. I remember we had this like children's encyclopedia, and I couldn't read at the time. But I would sit there and just look at the pictures and make up my own stories about what was going on. But I would just go pull out one and just sit there and thumb through it, and could spend hours looking at it and stuff like that.
4: Uh, it was a children's encyclopedia, so I guess there were like lots of pictures in it.
5: Yeah, yeah. There's lots. of There's like the children's illus, is a golden books <laughs> children's illustrated Psych- encyclopedia or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't catch on to reading too well. We, I didn't go to kindergarten. Mm. Being way down the line in the number of kids, there wasn't a lot of personal att- personal time kind of thing. Yeah, right. My grandmother helped me to learn how to read. I guess the first or second grade until I think I was in the, maybe the third grade or fourth grade, I'd get home from school and go in and sit with her every afternoon for about a half hour and read. Mm. And I could pick out my books and stuff like that. But when I started reading too much about Native Americans, my grandmother grew up in the Late 18. He was born in the late 1800s. So there was this whole animosity against Native Americans because they were having wars. Oh, okay. She cut me loose when I started reading too much about Native Americans. Wow. But I could read at that time. I think one of the first books I ever read was Jane Goodall's Wild Chimpanzees, which was all about her studying the chimpanzees. I was in the fourth grade. I've had a fascination for nature, I guess, ever since I was a kid reading those books and stuff like that. And I remember uh, my brother Steve getting like a – Bird Identification guide. God, every time I was near him, I would find that book and bury my head in there just looking at all the different birds. Yeah, That's why everybody franks it instead of Googles it when <laughs> they run into something major, you know, out in the... When we're doing our soils work, for your listeners, I guess. I work doing soils. Uh, I'm a cartographer for soil scientists and We go look for septic system areas.
4: I've actually never heard you describe it as being a cartographer. Like that's that's exactly what you're doing but it's like, I don't think most people would think that's a job that still exists anymore, <laughs> being a cartographer.
5: Well, if I went and got the training I guess I could call myself a surveyor but I've not been certified and I'm not licensed to say that. Give me a and tape and a compass, I can figure out
4: where I am. I'm surprised that Jane Goodall book was Too difficult for a fourth grader to read. Like, was it?
5: I don't know if I understood it all. Yeah. Okay.
4: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It
5: did have photographs in it and stuff like that, too. So, but I remember reading the whole thing and as to whether I comprehended everything that was going on in it. Right. But I remember doing Hmm. that. I might have been in fifth grade, but it's fourth or fifth grade somewhere around there.
4: I mean, do you have a sense of like what made you so. Interested in all these nature books or like interested in learning so much about nature? Like, did uh, you- I
5: think my aunt Lucille also lived in town and I would go help her like do yard work. And I would do, I started doing that like when I was 12 or something like that, mm. she would talk about the birds. She would had bird baths and she would talk about birds and stuff like that. And would, was always interested. She had a pretty good library that I borrowed books from a couple of times.
3: Mm.
5: I remember, uh, one was about a, spanish Bullfighter's autobiography that was kind of crazy because he used to sneak into like the bulls are kept raised out in the back country where nobody's supposed to be so that they are really wild animals oh really but this this guy would break into the would sneak into the pastures uh-huh. on moonlit nights and would try and have bullfights with the bulls
4: as like practice for his real yeah
5: yeah, I mean, he was a kid. He wasn't even he wasn't even old enough to be a bullfighter. Oh God! And then uh, he became a bullfighter. I could be misquoting this, but he s- supposedly had twenty two miles of stitches where he had been gored all these times and sewn back up. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm going like that sounds like a job I wouldn't want
4: to. What would you and Mom have done if you had caught me breaking into bullpens with to <laughs> bullfight as a child? <laughs> How would you have even? I don't know. That? <laughs> I feel like that's when you probably consider sending them to boarding school or something. I think, here, as
5: far as discipline and all that kind of stuff, Mom and I, I think, decided early on to always have a united front.
4: I think you probably could have been united on <laughs> our children should not be. Yeah, I think we were <laughs> we would have been bullpen,
5: pretty well agreed on that one. <laughs> But you were usually the one keeping us out of trouble. I remember going for a walk in a snowstorm <laughs> and you didn't want to cross a piece of property because they had a do not or no trespassing sign. Yeah. But the road we were wanting to get to was like 200 feet up th- that road as opposed <laughs> to walking like half a mile back the other way.
4: I liked rules, you know?
5: Yeah. Or like the time we went to a Spoleto Festival and. Charleston. We were trying to find <laughs> dinner after the show had been over. And there was a bar that had a couple mm-hmm. with two children sitting there, one in a baby thing eating dinner in the bar. But you wouldn't go into the bar because it was a bar, and you weren't supposed to be in a bar. <laughs> we bought our dinner there, but then went yeah. and ate it someplace else because you couldn't go inside.
4: I think it turned out better because didn't we eat it like at the beach or something? I remember. Or like uh, a-
5: that time we ate at a park in downtown. Charleston. Okay. But the night before we go to the beach.
4: I'm still uncomfortable going into bars.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that can depend on the bar. Yeah. When we first moved to Hillsboro, Nash Street has all these nice little shops down there now. Uh But all it had when I was when we first moved here was this really dive bar, kind of a rough bar. And a friend of mine Mm -hmm. had moved here, and he goes, "Well, let's meet down there." And we went down there and had a beer, but caught up on stuff. But it was kind of like you walked in there, kind of going like, "This is pretty seedy. I don't know if I want to be here too
4: long." Yeah, I'm not even (laughs) sure if I've been to a bar like that. All the bars I've been to, I just feel like it's too loud for anyone to hear my voice. And so I'm just like, what is the point right. of this? Yeah. <laughs> I can't actually have a conversation with someone.
5: I've got a song for that. Hmm? I have a song for that. Do you want to sing it? Uh, do you remember the, I think it's the, the water is wide. It's the song. The water is wide. I can't cross. Water is wide. Something like this. But anyhow, you I've changed it all. Two. The music is loud. I can't talk over, nor can I hear what you just said. <laughs> it can go on from there.
4: Yeah. One time I was at this party and I saw across the room, there was this like other guy who is like kind of dorky. And I was like, ah, fellow dork, this will be great. I'll talk to this guy. I think I talked to him for a good 45 minutes. and I don't think either of us really could hear what the other person was saying for a good portion of that. And we were just like sort of I like, I remember seeing in his face, like little moments of panic where he was like, oh no, I have to respond now. And I have no idea what Theo said. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like making stuff up the whole time. Yeah. Oh man. I think we got enough stuff here. Okay. Yeah. I think we talked about books for 10% of the time. I think that's yeah. not bad. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Of course. Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. This was fun. It was my pleasure. Enjoy. it. I think it'll edit out real nice. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Whatever you need. I guess we're going to move on to the next, uh, segment. Dad.
5: (laughs) Next
4: dad. Okay. So I guess we're going to move on to the next dad now. Say goodbye to Frank, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Frank. (laughs) Okay.
6: All right. Well, I am talking to my dad, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi,
7: Jacqueline. Hi, everybody.
6: Like father, like daughter. He's got a cat on him.
7: Uh... didn't even notice.
6: You didn't even notice? That's a big cat.
7: Yeah, they clamor around me all the time. I'm too focused on my uh, recording thing now.
6: Okay. Well, what we're going to do is basically just have a little chat about childhood memories, funny stories, books, anything you remember. I remember some stuff that you used to read to us. I don't know if you remember it, but we'll have a little chat. And then I did tell my dad, um, I spent some time with our... Family, which he was not present for, and I got told some stories about him that were pretty funny.
7: Great, I can't wait!
6: My dad's already on his second cigarette of this recording, and we just started. (laughs) I
7: did not. Hey, Theo, you're gonna have to do a lot of editing here, especially with these stories, I'm sure. So,
6: no, he they're gonna be perfect just the way they are. (laughs) Should I tell you yours first or what a, what have you been doing today?
7: Uh today um actually just been getting ready to hit the road. Yeah. Going out of town again for for work. Yeah. So it's always a busy day. My head's a little spinning around, getting ready for the getting the house ready, getting myself ready, the cats ready and yeah. all that good stuff.
6: It was funny because I was uh with my dad's side of the family and I didn't like know a lot of them, but we all are just like such strange little weird people. Like we're all kind of the same, even though we don't really spend a lot of time together. Yeah,
7: I I, I get the same feeling. <laughs>
6: <laughs> like how? Uh,
7: like you know, we are we are just. Very, very similar. We have it's the same voices and mannerisms. Like I hear Charlie and Tom and yeah, like all my three brothers, they all sound the same. I never know who's who. Yeah. You remind me of Sue so much. I mean, I see my sister.
6: Everybody kept telling me that.
7: Yeah, I see it in your face and just the way you act. And
6: Well, that's a compliment. Even
7: in Chris, you know, I don't even know his, fa- his father. I mean, he's like... So sounds like one of us, sounds like my dad.
6: Yeah, I was telling Chris, so Chris is my... Cousin, my dad's nephew. And, but they grew up like really similar because they're like pretty close in age. Like my, I guess Chris is like maybe eight years younger than you or something.
7: Yeah, yeah. He's about, I think he is about eight to 10 years. Yeah, he's like me. 50,
6: 51, whatever. But um, he reminds me of you so much. Like you guys have the exact same voice, the exact same inflection and everything. <laughs> he, what was he doing? I forget how we got on this topic, but he was like, yeah, uh, did your dad ever tell you about the time he blew up his sister Debbie's dolls with, a, with an M8? or something.
7: <laughs> an M8 sounds like a like a like a machine gun, like
6: a rocket. I know it was an M80. M80,
7: sorry. Yeah, that was big back in the day. They don't make them anymore. They were fun.
6: What what were they?
7: Uh, they were like quarter stick of dynamite. Uh huh. Yeah, you blow you could blow shit up <laughs> mailboxes. People, you know, that's the things people used to flush down the toilets because you could throw them in water. What? And they would blow up. Yeah. But
6: why would you want to blow yeah, up she, a toilet? Shit up.
7: <laughs> I don't know. Any and why did you ho- have
6: access to one? I did not
7: blow up any toilets. I just thought you might have heard some stories. Of, you know, it's Animal House. It <laughs> is, you know, summer, blah, 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 blah. You know, this happens, that happens, the toilets blow up. You know, <laughs> that was one of the things. That happened well, I'm in-
6: glad I don't live in that world, I guess.
7: He rattled off in an Animal House, you know, that goes awry, goes crazy.
6: Yeah, well, you blew up your sister's doll.
7: Well, I'm sorry, Debbie. I really don't remember blowing up a doll. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and uh chris said the, so they were these little like soft kind of fleshy dolls and he said you called them heine people
7: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i think they might have been like cabbage patch kids or something
6: yeah but he told me you blew up a hiney person with a m80 <laughs> <laughs> his uh
7: you know memories are a little fuzzy
6: yeah you think this is his fault <laughs>
7: yeah no i do remember that i think we used to call the cabbage patch kids that because they kind of look like you know ass faces I don't know if you remember Cabbage Patch Kids. And they were just like, you know, really plush, squishy dolls. It looked like they were like mm-hmm. a stocking stuffed with stuffing, you know, <laughs> and then they would pinch the face to make it, you know, eyes and nose and everything, you know.
6: Yeah, they were a little grotesque. I had one. Yeah, they were a little creepy. I remember I had one that um, it was like the kind, I don't know what it was called, but it was later recalled because I think it injured some people pretty badly. But it had like a backpack and uh, you would feed little sticks of vegetables and stuff into the mouth like you would feed it little things and then they would come out in the backpack <laughs> and apparently, it would like get little girls hair stuck in the mouth and like chew on their fingers and like all kinds of horrifying stuff that's
7: funny did you have one i
6: had one yeah oh yeah okay yeah it was this little mechanical mouth and it would just oh yeah
7: that thing was scary it would bite you too it had <laughs> a little bit of force yeah, that was a creepy thing i remember you kids were never into like anything that was like big. Bad thing you had to have, (laughs) you know, except
6: for Barbies. We had a million billion Barbies. Oh,
7: yeah, yeah. I'd say Barbies the dollhouse stuff went, went a little overboard on it's <laughs> so much stuff for the dollhouse I still have it
6: I know that dollhouse is still up there
7: yeah Christmas decorations for the tree you know just such tiny little you know minuscule things yeah
6: we would make little Halloween decorations too we made them out of Sculpey and you would bake them in the oven oh really this is so funny because I feel like when I interviewed my mom too both of them are just like oh yeah I did that I'm like yeah you guys were great parents and they're like oh yeah I don't remember any of that <laughs>
7: Your mom was, re- was really great. I remember I, I liked every episode. I listened to every episode. <laughs> of uh this podcast uh-huh. but uh yeah your mother was uh funny which when, when she was talking about um oh with the flash cards and and stuff like that and, oh
6: yeah yeah yeah
7: yeah and that's the thing she forgot yeah that's right it's the flash cards so she said oh you had like this little speaker spell you're like oh you learn how to read so we're like how did you, you know how did i do that well i taught you she says you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> like what do you think and then just, i was like, like but
6: where's the reading part come in <laughs>
7: Got to mention, I remember the flashcards. She would have all these little flashcards just shown to you when you were a baby. I mean, like oh. almost like right out of the room, like the you
6: know,
7: <laughs> here's right out of the room. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like start off with like. Bowl, yeah, you know, a uh, tree, you know, not even words, just little pictures. Oh, just and then, pictures, wow, yeah, and then maybe like red bowl, you know, it would it would really progress, you know, up to letters and then words. And, yeah, oh, yeah, you love that stuff.
6: Do you have anything to say to defend yourself about the whole lawn mowing incident?
7: Uh, the lawn mowing incident, yes, <laughs> I made your mother, uh, mow the lawn when she was eight and a half, get out there, you know, earn your keep, mow some grass or something. <laughs> no i felt so bad to this day i I remember i came home and i just was like oh my god you you know because i hadn't Mm -hmm. didn't get to it didn't get to it you know (laughs) we were of course you know we have like over an acre yeah you know it's 2.6 acres but you know it's
3: Mm. more
7: than an acre of just grass (laughs) yeah so we're the only you know we move out here you know from long island a little quarter acre lots you know you know you knock out (laughs) your little lawnmower thing and so, you know, I'm the only idiot with a push mower. <laughs> everybody else has got a lawn tractor. I'm like,
6: yeah, you're just like, this will be fine. Yeah, I didn't
7: know. And then I realize I see everybody else. I'm like, I'm the only guy out here with a push mower. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so, of course, I can't get to it all. You know, I was busy working and all that good stuff. Yeah, so she's out there mowing the grass and stuff. Yeah. thought of her mowing the grass, eight and a half months. Right? <laughs> Sent herself into labor.
6: She was ready to teach me how to read. She, she couldn't wait.
7: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you came out fast, too. You couldn't wait either. Yeah, it was like we go to the hospital, you know, I hear all these stories. Oh, it's going to be 10 hours, 12, 18, 20 hours, you know? Yeah. You know, and she was like, I'm going to do this natural. I'm not going to do any, uh, you know, yeah. sedation or anything. It's not good with a baby, and, you know, and then she gets it. She's like, okay, okay, I, I want it now. I think I want it now. And they're like, uh, <laughs> no, it's too late. <laughs> You're in the middle. You can't have it's it now. It's too
6: late. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. That's so funny. Yeah,
7: forget all that shit about good, you know, it's not good with a baby. Whatever.
6: <laughs> hit, hit me with something good. Hit me with the good
7: stuff. <laughs> right in the throes of it. Yeah. And it were like, nope, can't have it. And it was like, boom. Yeah.
6: She was like, eh, screw this kid. Just, just give me the, (laughs) give me the medicine. (laughs) (laughs) No.
7: Yeah. Mom was great, uh, you know, teaching you all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it was funny with the, um, she forgot about the flashcards. I wanted to bring that up. That was good. Yeah. You, You used to like take things like, you know, literally, you had so many good little, Jackalisms when you were little. Like, I remember one of the funniest ones that I still to this day laugh and tell people about is like, you know, you were getting ready to go outside and, you know, <laughs> you're like three and you're getting your shorts and your t shirt. And, and then you're like, I got and get my t shirt, I got my t pants. I just thought that was brilliant for like a little kid to think. It's like, yeah, why? If you have a T-shirt and it's a short sleeve, why can't pants? If they're short pants, they're tea pants
6: T-pants. It sounds like you're going to a little tea party or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little kids are funny like that. But I remembered actually more reading with you than I remembered reading with my mom. Because I remember you used to read me and Madeline, those little Help Me Be Good books. You remember those?
7: Oh, yeah. Those were great. I think it really did help. I don't remember all of those. Yeah, but now you're reminding me all these those little help me be good books. Like sharing, not being a jerk.
6: Yeah, don't <laughs> cheat, don't lie, play fair. And there were all these little books, and each of them was, yeah, about a different thing you could help me be good with. And then there was always, like, a kid who was doing a bad thing. And then a little animal who would, like, make little comments about the bad thing. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I don't remember it that vividly, but I'm glad it rubbed off on you.
6: you it, well, it did because I, I remember you would read these to us before bed and I would say like, you know, you're like reading and you're flipping the pages. And I was like, you didn't read what the cat said. And you're like, I don't have to read what the cat said. And I'm like, but he says something and you didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to be thorough. <laughs>
7: yeah, you can't fool a kid like that who could probably read better than you when you were <laughs> little. <laughs> you knew it was in there. You were, you're, this, you're the little editor. Editor-in-chief.
6: Well, I, I could read it myself, but I wanted to hear my dad read it because it's funnier that way.
7: <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, Berenstain Bears. Yeah. And I remember all the little, um, what's, like, the Pokey Little Puppy, My Little Reader books, like, uh, Rachel yeah, was talking yeah. about and Theo was talking about.
6: I love the Pokey Little Puppy, too. We all talked about that one.
7: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, not the only one. And um, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. I love Dr. Seuss.
6: But I developed a fear of Dr. Seuss. I don't know why. I really don't know where that came from.
7: Dr. Seuss was kind of creepy stuff. I just
6: think they're creepy. Yeah.
7: Yeah, the Grinch, and they're all, like, you know, kind of ghoulish-looking characters and everything.
6: Yeah. Cat in the Hat
7: was kind of scary. I remember that when he would, like, come in and, like—
6: destroy the
7: house. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like, how are you going to clean this up? For a
6: fastidious thinking, little kid, thinking, it's a nightmare.
7: <laughs> I'm thinking of the messes we made and had to clean up that was just like, you know, blew your mind. but was undaunting. And then you saw that. Yeah, that, that was traumatic.
6: I know. It was really confusing because we read Dr. Seuss and then we read Help Me Be Good. And I'm like, well, which one am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to destroy the house or am I supposed to clean the house? <laughs> I don't get it.
7: You remember Fozzie Bear? You wanted to be Fozzie Bear. Yeah. I think for a little while.
6: <laughs> Other girls are like, I want to be Princess Belle, or I want to be Ariel, and I was like, I want to be Fozzie Bear.
7: <laughs> you wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I don't know if you actually wanted to be a plush toy. You just <laughs> love comedy. You just everything was waka waka waka. You know, you'd make up jokes and waka 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 <laughs> like eighteen times a day.
6: <laughs> I didn't know that you know, Waka 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 Oh my yeah, god Yeah
7: you and Madeline Would do little comedy skits And she would be the straight man Yeah Like right from the book You know And she would you know Ask you all these questions And then you would you know Slam it with the punchline And then right after Waka
6: waka waka That must have been Really annoying Oh, It
7: was like a phase You went through You know <laughs>
6: I guess I'm like crying. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> 18 times a day. <laughs>
7: At least.
6: <laughs> oh, I'm going to see if Rachel and Theo want me to start doing that on the podcast every time I say something but <laughs> waka waka waka.
7: <laughs> I think you're a little a little OCD when you're a little. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I never really, you know, thought about it in the day like thinking wow, well, the kids a little, you know, OCD or whatever, but yeah, I was thinking about this podcast and how you a kid and different things and I'm like it all kind of adds up to being a little OCD, you know. You, you yeah. get into things and, you, you know, yeah. repeat them over and, over and over and you had to, you know, always have the same exact, you ate like three or four foods, you know, <laughs> and that was it, you know. And if it was, you know, we didn't have it, you would like starve and die, you know, it was a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and if they changed the packaging slightly,
6: yeah
7: that's not it. That's the wrong one. I'm not having that. And you would just like cry and put your with down You're like, I'm not having that. No freaking way. <laughs> It had to be like this exact kind of orange juice. Oh man! And a premium, da da da, no pulp, and they changed. They changed the packaging, and it was like you just went into a fit. It was like. Blew up your world. Oh, I'm like it's the same exact thing in a different box. The picture's <laughs> different. What's inside? You wouldn't hear it. You just, there was no logical reasoning with you. <laughs> it was not, look, it's different. <laughs> it's different. You can't fool me. <laughs> yeah, you liked, you know, everything in order and you didn't like change at all. I mean, you know, yeah you like the same routine. You know, I always told people in an easy way, you. Both of you, Madeline and, and you, were very user-friendly kids. Yeah, how did they turn out so great? I mean, you really were like, oh, you know, pretty much perfect kids. And like, you know, you don't smoke, drink, you know, this, that. You know, you didn't get crazy like, you know, everybody I've ever known.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't blowing up any high-knee people.
7: <laughs> but, you know, you know, just polite and everything. We didn't really you, I guess maybe it was all those books I don't remember I forgot about all those she <laughs> <Help me be, laughs> didn't really need help me be good books I mean because really you guys were just like was naturally easy to raise little kids that's pretty cool yeah I loved how you like and I said you know you loved your order and you know routines yeah you know Rugrats was over at 7 30 it was time for bed yeah and you were like okay can I go to bed
6: can I go to bed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we go to bed that is so funny. It's
7: like so easy. You both go up there because, you know, yeah, you like to hear your little stories yeah. or read a little book. That was, you know, good little time. So,
6: And you would make up stories.
7: Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I guess we ran out of books. <laughs> well, I didn't need to train you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like puppies to be good. You <laughs> passed your, your training.
6: It, it was almost like a guided meditation. It was like- That's what
7: it was, to calm you yeah. down. Yeah. I kind of, I don't read any books on it or anything, but it was just like a natural thing. It was all visualization. Yeah. Beautiful sunset. You could feel the warm sun and the breeze. Yeah, we're floating through the air, landing on a cloud.
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was always another part. Always one part I remember. Remember? River of chocolate milk. Oh, what's that? A River of chocolate river milk. River of chocolate <laughs> milk. <laughs> It would be, oh, you're floating in the river and what's the made of chocolate milk? <laughs> <laughs> so many nights. Maybe I, maybe I remember the chocolate milk part. Like, maybe I'm over-representing that, but I feel like maybe that was you like. wanted
7: chocolate milk. I, yeah, I remember, like, it would always end up like, and then we come down and we land on beautiful horses and we're running down the beach, you know. Yeah. And we're riding <laughs> off into the sunset and we go home and have a, you know, wonderful meal and go to sleep.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of
7: it, that visualization stuff helped you too. Yeah. Passing some tests, I remember to like tell you how to visualize. You did, yeah. Picture the room, you know. In- great detail, not like, okay, I'm going to go in and pass the test, you know, feeling how it feels and being confident and and sensing everything and visualizing before you go in there. And man,
6: I remember even when I was like older, I was taking the the SAT for the second time. And you said, all right, envision what it's going to be like to come out of there and know you did a good job. And I still, I tell people that still, I'm just like, all right, just think, just picture yourself walking out and you did a good job. And then I feel like that was, that was so helpful.
7: (laughs) Well, that's Pretty um, basic visualization. You just yeah. I think we got a little more into it than, than walking out. It had to be, the, you know, doing the test. I
6: don't know. It was probably more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not as inspiring because I tell people, all right, just uh, pretend you made it. <laughs> all right. You good? You're good. Good luck. Yeah, that's kind
7: of like the Reader's Digest version. It's like, hey, don't go through the whole thing of visualizing going through the tests and feeling confident, knowing the answers yeah. and smelling the room in the paper. No. Smelling the room. Yeah, just condense it. Yeah, just picture yourself walking out and you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I don't know. I'm not a very visual person, though, weirdly.
7: Maybe that, that, that wasn't a good <laughs> lesson to do that because it didn't seem like you, you got the gist of it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't quite, I'm not quite as uh, adept at that as you were, but it worked for us. That's funny hearing you talk about like how like OCD, Madeline wasn't like that, though, right?
7: Um, No, Madeline was a very pleasant child. <laughs>
6: All right. Well, this concludes our interview. with uh, <laughs> she, was, she was.
7: You know, a, you were both good kids. You know, you both went to bed, you know, at the same time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah.
6: And enjoyed
7: all the books and the jokes. And oh, my God, she was a little comedian, too. She You was guys so funny. did the funniest things. I still got to dig up that chin tape.
6: <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to mention the chin tape.
7: Uh, you guys are so funny with that. You know, when you put, you you go upside down, you draw a face on your chin, in case anybody out there could, you know.
6: Yeah, yeah. No, we got to explain that. You draw an upside down chin on your, or sorry, you draw an upside down face on your chin.
7: Yeah, like little eyes and a nose and hair on top. Yeah. And then you got to flip your whole body upside down. So you can film it. Yeah,
6: you lay. We would lay under a blanket.
7: Yeah, we used to when we were kids. We'd flip upside down on the couch. But I think, yeah, I think you were laying down, and I put like little clothes on you too. <laughs> <laughs> we made little bodies that hung down from your upper lip, you know, yeah. over your face a little, you know.
6: And Madeline would always be.
7: She was like some Southern belle or something. Yeah. <laughs>
6: No, it's because whenever me and Madeline played together, that was always she always was the woman and I was always the man for some reason. Yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah. She did the funny little Southern Bell voice. It was so funny. She had to be like four or five tops, you know.
6: She was so little, yeah. Yeah,
7: she did good little characters. And you were like,
6: hey. Hey, you're gonna get me!
7: Hey, you had like <laughs> a really gravelly old man's voice, which is really funny. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm
6: gonna get my drill, and I'm gonna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know stuff. where I got the drill thing from? You were like
7: a construction worker or something.
6: I think I got it from Harry Potter because uh, Uncle Dursley, Harry's uncle that he lives with, was like a drill salesman or something. And I remember she was like, "What? What do you do?" For work, and I was like, uh, I sell drills. <laughs> yeah, that's
7: right. <laughs> sell drills it's like a manly thing. <laughs> it's like the most manly thing you can think of. Sell drills. <laughs> drills are I
6: sell us. Drills. <laughs> 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 what a weird thing for a little girl to say. <laughs>
7: You probably went to the store with me one time and I was buying a drill, you know? Yeah. That's what guys do, you know? They buy and sell drills.
6: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) They don't use the drill, they buy it, they sell it. Never ending (laughs) ring. Yeah. I
7: remember like raising you to like kind of like. Be, like, my little companion. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked out good. Like, it, you know, it trained you, like, right away to play frisbee. You're like an expert frisbee player, you know? Because I needed somebody. Yeah. To...
6: That's the only physical thing I'm good at. <laughs> yeah.
7: Like, why have kids if, you you know, they're not going <laughs> to.
6: Why have kids if they're not going to be your little companions? <laughs> yeah.
7: They're not going to do what you, you know, play with you. Have played frisbee. Yeah. You know, do
6: that with me. You and, play badminton. You
7: know, music. You know, I had, like, a little buddy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, badminton. But, yeah you were really great at frisbee i would train you on music like instead of like like your mama like you know train you on like you know reading and all that stuff with the, and we would just constantly listen to music and giving you all kinds of little fun facts and trivia about the band and yeah all the personnel members of the band and yeah you had to learn all that like you know at an early early age
6: I can name them all I know all of the little zoso symbols and everything yeah for Led Zeppelin.
7: <laughs> yeah I remember when I met your mother I told her I was like she didn't like know all who the Beatles like you know, knows of the Beatles, but like could yeah. name all four Beatles, which is like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do you not? <laughs> I mean, everybody, I, I cannot be, you know, dating anybody that, can, you know, doesn't know all the, you know, names of the Beatles. I trained her or all that stuff too.
6: Yeah. <laughs> which is so funny too, because then, uh so my other cousin, Carrie, was telling me like, oh yeah, I remember your dad. Like he, she said, you looked like Bon Jovi back in the day. <laughs> and she said, all the girls loved your dad. He was like, Cause he looked like Bon Jovi and he had the big hair and everybody had a crush on him and everybody like wanted to hang out with Dan and everything. And I was like, huh. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
7: You really can't see that, huh? <laughs> My dad? Are you kidding
6: me? I don't think I know what Bon Jovi looks like. So that was the one thing you didn't uh, train me on, I guess. You weren't a big Bon Jovi guy.
7: No. Actually, that's a little embarrassing. So it says, yo, you look like Bon Jovi. You're like, oh, <laughs> God. Really? Thank she you. said it was
6: like a compliment. She said all her <laughs> friends had a little crush on Dan. <laughs>
7: Yeah, back in the day, yeah, I had long hair, you know, curly, kind of big hair. You know, it was the time of big hair in the 80s. Down in the middle of my back, leather jackets and boots and studs and God knows what else. Yeah, I didn't go with the spandex or any of that crap. I didn't go that crazy.
6: No, not that way. You had an Iron Maiden jacket that was spray painted. Oh, yeah. With a zombie.
7: Yeah, my brother Charlie uh, uh, made that for uh, my friend's little brother. I wasn't the biggest Iron Maiden fan. I was more Zeppelin, Rush, and Yes, and yeah. EOP, oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and now so are you.
6: Yeah. It's funny, because last year, our Father's Day episode was about all that music.
7: <laughs> yeah, some of it. Yeah. I like the, uh, you talk about Rush mm-hmm. a couple of times. I'm like, all right, being represented. <laughs> be represented.
6: Yeah. I know all this because of my dad. When
7: you were little, little, you liked heavy, heavy stuff. Like, what are your, uh, you <laughs> Your favorite Zeppelins, you loved Zeppelin, of course, because you were my kid. Yeah, and I knew a lot about Zeppelin because I'm the ultimate Zeppelin fan. Or, <laughs> and anyway, so uh, yeah, I remember like talking about. John Bonham Bonzo yeah. bashing those drums on when the levy breaks yeah. and I'd be like listen to how Hardy and he, how he's hitting those drums it was like one of the you know quick little lessons I gave you yeah, and yeah. it really stuck because like you were like again little kids like every 7, 8 yeah. you know little tiny girl you know and you know, like your favorite song of, uh, of his album was when the levy breaks and like, that's my favorite song you know that's my like, favorite song because you love the bashing of <laughs> the drums and then the other favorite song we were driving around on the radio I wasn't a big fan of Smashing Pumpkins but oh
6: rat in a cage um despite all my rage <laughs> i am still just a rat in a
7: cage Yeah, <laughs> and you would just scream <laughs> and this little tiny twig in the back seat with my hair <laughs> it's like melting out
6: <laughs> oh my rage oh that's so funny i remember my other favorite song when i was really little like three years old was black dog yeah i heard it as you know maybe like I don't know, 20-something, I was listening to it, and I was like, I can't believe I sang these words as a three-year-old. <laughs> this is a dirty song.
7: <laughs>
6: but I was like, oh, it's about a dog. I have a black dog. And our dog was named Kashmir. You know
7: what? I didn't even know what half the Zeppelin does. I I, was yeah. About. They are filthy. <laughs> I didn't have no idea.
6: I don't think Led Zeppelin even knows what they're saying half the time. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, is that and all that J.R.R. Tolkien stuff, which is right in line with you. You like Tolkien. I tried reading one of those books. I everybody loved that you know i had friends that would just you know back in the 70s yeah it was like you know everybody had to be reading you know lord of the rings because it was cool and i was like okay i'm gonna read it because it's cool and i couldn't even get through half the book yeah well these dinky donkey ringy dinky binky bingy bombs <laughs> things you know I'm like what the hell is this you don't
6: like all the little rhyming songs
7: <laughs> yeah i never <laughs> i just could not get into it <laughs>
6: <laughs> that's really funny well the the version that i had started reading we had in our house it was from the 70s i guess it must have been yours we had a like 70s paperback copy of the hobbit and the fellowship of the ring and i still have them
7: yeah probably i never really liked into to this day i don't really like um fiction yeah i just think it's a waste that it just doesn't mean anything it's all made up it doesn't matter who cares if he lives <laughs> he dies he doesn't even exist he's just somebody's just imagination on that day it's, it doesn't matter you know
6: <laughs> yeah yeah even when
7: i was little it was all like everybody would you know with scholastic books and everything and yeah we had a lot of books in the house my dad was brilliant like you and really loved books and um sci-fi especially And he would tell us all like oh. you know short stories scary stories yeah uh when it was appropriate times you know and uh usually from those uh those books yeah but but I remember I would always pick out like you know a book when you know evil Knievel, or, you know Hank Aaron and <laughs> even more real
6: like biographies yeah
7: yeah, and our, all our nature books we had at home. We had, like, the Life Series books, I guess my parents ordered <laughs> years ago. <laughs> they, like, covered everything in the world, you know, from, you know, yeah. evolution to the seas to, you know, mountains and mammals and plants and blah, 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 all little separate. Yeah,
6: we had a lot of little science-y books, too, I think.
7: Yeah, you used to steal some of my books, and I was like, ah, uh, you know, you can't have that one. That's not appropriate.
6: Yeah, I remember one of them was a uh, full- Moon, like the Hammer
7: of the Gods or something. No,
6: it was Full Moon. It was the Keith Moon biography.
7: Oh yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, you're not reading Keith Moon biography, please.
6: Yeah, well, you told me I couldn't read it, so of course I read it. Because what did you expect when you tell someone they can't read something? Don't. Uh-
7: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have said this is a book you should read. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd be like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, my dad likes it. Now. Probably
6: not. I don't know. I feel like fiction now is like I can I can see like the craft behind it, which is interesting. I still like a lot of nonfiction. I used to read that book all the time.
7: I know you're quite the poet. And, uh, I, you know, I could see poetry because I've always loved words. Yeah. You know, I've never really been, you know, into like literacy and going or studying everything, but we're just always very wordy. Everything's pun.
6: Everything's a word game. That's what it is. Yeah. Everything's yeah.
7: funny, puns or words, you know, we're like, I'm always looking at words, you know, to find out, you know, split them up or like two words in a sentence yeah. when you stick them together, it's something completely crazy.
6: Yeah, exactly. Oh, and we play mad libs all the time.
7: Oh, mad libs, yeah. And looking at words backwards and all kinds of funny things. Yeah. We were always we were Yeah, old. playing
6: the Beatles records backwards. We were, we're always just like trying to mix <laughs> things up.
7: We're always having <laughs> fun with words. Oh yeah, and I did love the uh sorry, I skipped right over that. The uh mad libs. That was great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if kids still do that.
6: I don't know, but it was a. Uh... Yeah, you and me and Madeline, and we would just have the most fun on little, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, just the three of us. We would just, like, cry laughing. It was so funny. Oh, I was just going
7: to say, I could picture us right now, just tears streaming down our faces. (laughs) That's (laughs) the stupidest thing. They were that there that was a good time.
6: That's why I was so mad at Theo when I tried to do a mad limb for one of our Your Brush with Fame episodes and he like wasn't into it. And I was just like, You're destroying my childhood.
7: <laughs> I know who doesn't love mad lives? What's wrong with you? Yeah. I remember talking to my girlfriend about that. I was like, Oh, we never do mad lives, remember that? She had no clue. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> Can't believe that I was like, damn! Can't do it. You you always got the jokes. Yeah, you know, you were very sophisticated. That's why I always say, you know, people who are quick-witted, you know, they get the jokes. Get the jokes. you know, one of the things I would say <laughs> about New York. You know, I miss you know, which yeah. like New Yorkers always say delis and all that too. And it's the people that just, you know they get the jokes there. Yeah, they get sarcasm. You know. so
6: it's just a little. Everything moves a little faster.
7: <laughs> it does. I always you know, it's like a little test of wit. You know. I go in the store, you know, I'm getting like, okay, give me four packs of cigarettes, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's all I'm getting. They're like, yeah, oh, you want that in a bag? I'm like, no, I'll smoke them here. You know, I don't get any reaction. I'm like, all right.
6: All right. <laughs> <laughs> it almost makes you wonder, like, maybe people do that. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not allowed to at home. I got to do it here. Hold on. <laughs>
7: Oh, yeah. Some people immediately laugh, you know. Yeah, yeah. The absurdity of it. I'm going to stand there and smoke four packs of cigarettes.
6: (laughs) (laughs) All at once, too. I got to see if I can get them all in. (laughs) (laughs) I told Chris, because we were talking about how funny you are, my cousin Chris. And I was like, yeah, one of the funniest things I always remember was he – uh." One time, we used to have hamsters at at your house. And I say hamsters because we never had more than one at a time. But you have to get a, a rotating supply of them because something would happen. Or... I mean, we took good care of them. But, like, I don't know what happened. Like, one of them just died. One escaped. I don't know. Yeah,
7: one of them grew, like, a big cancerous thing. Oh. I remember we took it to the vet. I felt so bad, you know. I was like, oh, yeah. it's the kids, you know. It's yeah. for the kids, you know. I could get less, you know. It's a $5 hamster. It,
6: like, grew another hamster on its face basically and
7: we are like spending like $300 at the vet on this hamster we brought it home and like died the next day <laughs> 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 well we'll see how it does <laughs> we now got a you know $305 hamster <laughs>
6: i couldn't have bought like 600 hamsters.
7: It did last for about 24 hours. <laughs> but, you know, I just go in the cupboard and grab another hamster. I had a rack of hamsters. <laughs> we had a supply.
6: Well, because we spent time at your house on the weekends and Madeline had a betta fish and uh, the betta fish died and you replaced it with one that was smaller. <laughs> and Madeline said, that fish looks a little bit... Did he shrink? And you're like... Yeah, I guess guess he did. <laughs> I think it took you, like, maybe a day to admit, like, it's a different fish. <laughs> He's on a diet.
7: He's not drinking. He's just pining. <laughs> He's
6: pining for the fjords. <laughs> I just like you, you. You did almost a perfect job, but it was smaller. It should, you should have gotten a bigger one. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, they changed size in those globes, you know? They get bigger and they it. I don't know.
6: Yeah. I yeah.
7: didn't bring it with me with a little tiny pair of beta calipers. But okay, here here we go. I need one like this yeah. size.
6: Yeah, you brought the corpse with you and say, I need an identical one. I had
7: to base it more on color. You know, if it was the right size but red yeah. and it was originally blue, that's a you know, dead giveaway.
6: Dead giveaway. Good pun. <laughs> <laughs> well the reason I mentioned the hamsters is because the funniest thing was, you know, you went and bought a hamster one time and I remember the lady said, Oh well like do you want like a like a carrying case or something? And you said, No, I'll eat it here. <laughs> <laughs>
7: See, there we go.
6: (laughs) She didn't find it funny (laughs) at all.
7: (laughs) Oh, they're delicious. Yeah, it's like my favorite cat joke. Oh, I had a slow day. I remember you mentioned that on, on, I think you did on the podcast. Did I? I said, yeah, I had a slow day. I found out, well, you know, cats constantly licking
6: themselves. Why? Because they're delicious. Because they're delicious. Yeah, (laughs) I did not say that one.
7: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you did have a little rough time with some of our pets. Yeah, we had a, uh, you'd bring home, we got... Go to the beach, you know, and of course, you know, you got to bring home the Mm -hmm. damn sand crabs.
6: Oh. Remember
7: those things?
6: Yeah, the hermit crabs. Yeah,
7: hermit crabs. And then, yeah, they had like a little plastic cagey thing and little decorations. Oh, yeah.
6: I remember I would go to the beach and I'd be like, oh, I'll get a little new shell for this one so it can grow into it or something. And then it never did. Yeah,
7: so we brought home some hermit crabs and we woke up the next morning and you guys were like, Traumatized. It was just shreds of pieces.
6: I still don't know to this day how that happened. I, I'm not blaming you, Jacqueline. No, no. I don't, I, I'm i not being defensive. <laughs> no I'm just can. saying. <laughs> it's truly a mystery. Yeah, well,
7: one destroyed the other. I guess they kind of, maybe they destroyed each other. I don't know.
6: I don't know. I, I love you. you. Like I'm saying, I didn't do it. I didn't get up in the night and shred my hermit crab. Well, that would be like serial killer. It was probably
7: your hermit crab that tore Madeline's to pieces. Yeah, It was just little tiny pieces of hermit crab. crab. they're
6: terrible pets they're the worst pets you can't do anything with them like you pick them up they pinch the crap out of you you gotta like give them a little bath all the time but they hate the bath (laughs) everything you give them that they require to live they hate they hate the shells they hate the baths they hate the food like they hate every they hate each other they hate me
7: (laughs) yeah you throw a frisbee at them and it's just like smush. Oh yeah, they can't even catch a frisbee. <laughs> it even.
6: hates the frisbee. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Not good companions. Yeah.
7: Yeah, well, that's brilliant marketing right there. You get people to buy these little bugs and take them home. Watch them you know, pretend that they're pets. That was the
6: other thing. I told Madeline, they were, I said, she was holding one. I said, hey, Madeline, you know, those are the spiders of the sea, right? And she went, ah! and dropped it on the floor. Uh. Suddenly, <laughs> instead of seeing a crab, she saw a spider, you know?
7: <laughs> she tossed it. <laughs> yeah.
6: It was just, you know, it's that visualization exercise. It's just kind of changing the mindset a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's
7: hilarious. I don't know why this just popped in my mind, but it just did. Just another little silly story about Jacqueline and words. But-
6: oh, give me all of them. I don't remember anything.
7: Yeah, I remember, you again, little, little, little kid, not sophisticated, but that's why it's even funnier. We were spraying on uh, off.
6: Yeah, the the bug repellent. Keep the
7: uh, mosquitoes away because, you know, we live like in a swamp out here. You can't even step outside, you know. Yeah. In the summertime, it so much, well, it's not really a swamp, but there's a lot of water back there. Anyway, Yeah. so we were spraying on off and then you put it all on here. We're all done. You looked at the can. You looked at me with the big wide eyes. You go... Oh my god, this is on! You gave me the wrong one! (laughs) (laughs)
6: Mosquitoes are gonna cut down. Imagine if that was a thing. Oh no, this is on.
7: (laughs) (laughs) This is mosquito attractant.
6: As I disappear under a a pile of bugs.
7: (laughs) The number one brand of mosquito attractant.
6: Yeah, spray it in your neighbor's (laughs) lawn and you'll be good to go all summer.
7: (laughs) Yeah, like a bug zapper. Yeah, all they do is attract everybody else's bugs.
6: yeah it was pretty funny but i always say i get it i get it from you <laughs>
7: <laughs> well i love all you guys on um, fire the cannon oh put in a little plug for fire the cannon and uh, i really <laughs> if you're not a patron man just come on, be Jacqueline's patron. She's just, just needed <laughs> one patron for like months.
6: <laughs> I did get one. I did get one. I think oh, it's- you finally did get that one. I did. Yeah.
7: It's like a pity patron. Like, oh my God, he made everyone feel <laughs> so bad. Like Jacqueline's got it.
6: Well, I had this idea. This was what was funny about it was it was my idea. I was like, guys, let's, each ask for a patron and, you know, that'll be fun for people and we'll see, you know, whatever. And I knew in my head, I knew I was going to be the last one, <laughs> <laughs> but she finally did come along. And now I think Theo needs one anyway. But yeah, that's fun. We're glad you like it. Yeah.
7: And and the name of the show is called Fire the Cannon. Uh-huh. And I've never heard you fire a cannon.
6: I know. Freaking Theo. Theo.
7: <laughs> Theo. Where the hell is the, the cannon thing? We need some cannon We're 500 fire.
6: miles away. I'm in Cincinnati. My dad's in North Carolina. I just heard my voice come out of his headphones into his microphone, into my headphones. When I yelled, I was like, we need a cannon.
7: Oh, we're on a feedback loop.
6: <laughs> we, we have fired things, but we always forget to actually do the cannon.
7: Yeah, I don't really remember you fired anything.
6: Probably because we didn't have a sound effect to make it memorable.
7: Well, because they're all pretty good books. And I mean, they're in the canon. I mean, they got to be, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, the Bible. Yeah, it's a, that's a good
6: book. Pretty good, <laughs> but am um, there. You go another punchline. <laughs> <into Tanner. laughs>
7: but um, yeah, like the downplay. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're good books. You know. Yeah, yeah, they should be. I guess there in the canon,
6: but Teach yeah. me to be good books.
7: Or how about in the beginning of the show, Theo? Yeah. Hey, welcome to Fire the Cannon. You know, or start off with boom, and then you, you can go into t- then you go into t- your little piano.
6: Ding, dee, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, or put the cannon at the end, like doo 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 <laughs> doo doo. doo.
7: <laughs> like thunderstruck you know it's like acdc with a cannon fire or
6: neil Peart getting struck by lightning on stage oh
7: yeah i remember we had a little clip of that i would listen to in my car the things you could download off the internet
6: it was crazy. i got all
7: my music from for free back in the old days
6: it was, it was a different time <laughs> anyway hopefully theo you'll take that uh <laughs> suggestion under advisement explosion
7: Yeah Or find yourself an M80 And one of the
6: And a a hiney people
7: And one of those One of those ass face dolls And blow it up
6: Ass face dolls (laughs) (laughs) Sorry Debbie Sorry All right, Say hi to the rest of the family
7: (laughs) I had fun Hi family Hi uh, Rachel And Theo And everybody out there
6: Oh I meant like Our literal family But that's fine too (laughs) Also our podcast family
7: Oh the podcast (laughs) My, My literal family Isn't gonna listen to this
6: <laughs> yes they are they're excited all right
7: yeah all right get ready to edit theo all right Top a lot of this out <laughs> <All> i <right>, love <laughs> have you have a
6: good father's day i love you drive safe thank
7: you thanks for doing this on father's day it was fun love you bye
6: it was fun Bye bye. bye-bye
4: all right i hope you all enjoyed this special father's day episode if you'd like to find us on social media, we're at Fire the Cannon Pod at all the social medias, you know, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, the rest. If you like this show and you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash canon. There you can find all sorts of giving tiers. At $3 a month or more, you can get lots of bonus content. All right. Happy Father's Day, everyone. And Dan, I hope you like canon sound effects.